Mother Man. Hey, this is Brian Ward of the Dark History and Horror Convention, and you are listening to Murder Metal Mayhem. Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal I just want to punch myself in the dick when I hear that. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Doing. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. It's oh, good to be back. Fuck yeah. What is going on, you crazy motherfuckers right. out there listening, dude? That's right. I got a pandemic oh. going on. We're just saying fuck it. We're just getting together on Tuesday doing episode 92. Crazy oh. feature tonight, Chris. You came up with this one, dude. Hey, man, when I first Holy heard about this shit, shit I was like, wait, what just happened? Like, this dude, like killed his girl killed himself then he's got her chopped up like the note in the pocket is eerie as fuck bro yeah it's a really good story so looking forward to doing that got a special guest in here with us tonight brian ward of the dark history and horror conventions here with his daughter cheyenne what's up uh, brian how you doing what's up what's (laughs) up i can't Cheyenne, how you doing sorry Yeah, she's right, doing cool. all right. She's, she's like, just, just like shaking here, her head here. <laughs> right, she's, she's, like, she's old enough to know that we're all fucking stupid. stupid. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, yeah. we're sorry in advance. <laughs> um, but uh, and then of course we have our our sidekick here. Last three weeks in <laughs> yeah. a row, he won't leave. Joey Gormonger with us in studio, riding the Hell pandemic yeah. out, right. dude. Hell yeah, yeah. Riding it out. that's right. Hey, what, what else you got to do other than sit at your apartment, <laughs> sit at my place, or come dude, to a podcast? Last night. Like, like, I was about ready to go. It was late last night, probably like 10 or whatever. And we were yeah, sitting yeah. at Chris's, and all of a sudden I get a fucking text, and it's Clay Lesko down in fucking Pawnee. And all he says is, I just want to punch myself in the dick. And then I just started. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if anybody was giving you oh, any yeah. shit about that. <laughs> that that's shit's funny. fucking good, bro. That's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very cool uh, to be in here doing this. Uh, last week uh, had a good one on that uh, Black Death feature. We had Joey here with us. Definitely went for the jugular with that one because uh, with the I legit mean, pandemic going on, yeah, with what everything's us. going on right now, and then you hear about what happened back in the 1300s. Yeah, like, oh shit. Yeah, a little bit worse. Uh, that's for sure. So the stay-at-home order seems kind of pussy compared to a plague that wiped out half of Europe. You know, that definitely. I'll be an asshole and say I have 100% left my house every day. Yeah. I will say that. Fuck you. Yeah, I don't think there's been a day I haven't gone. I've been working and whatever. I've been working at home, but I still, you know, have to go get. I have to go get my mail at the post office. I have no options. I need to know my mail. I have a piece of paper that says I am essential. So, oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So we got 43 new likes on the Facebook page over the weekend. So definitely uh, liking all that. So people apparently digging on that Black Death episode 91 so if you missed that shit we just topped a thousand listens uh here earlier today so uh that's really awesome a little bit better than a typical um but we're just shy of 2500 total listens to all the episodes this last week so thank you guys listening it's really cool spreading it like that hell yeah that's right 
Um, I think people being stuck at home, perfect, you know, reason to drive numbers up. You know, people are just kind of sitting around smoking I mean, yeah, a lot of weed, have drinking a lot do. of beer and just watching exactly. Tiger King. <laughs> and, Tiger King. And after that, Jesus you got to go fuck. take like six fucking showers and scour yourself with a Brillo pad and <laughs> oh then take God, another six dude. fucking showers. Uh, what the hell with that dude? So, I mean, you can only do so much Tiger King before you're like, fuck this. So, Murder Metal Mayhem I got a is fucking, a nice follow-up to Tiger King. I mean, yes, honestly. It is. Yes, it is. You know. I got a fucking cat at home that just randomly said, like, I live with you now. I'm like, well, shit, this is my fucking Damn. cat. No. Okay. This motherfucker, a big-ass orange cat, is like, wow. hey, I'm staying with you. This Damn. is trailer park life. <laughs> what? So now you really are bubbles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so we had uh, CK talking about the band Coroner, not Foreigner, Coroner. Um, and we had the third week of the March Mayhem contest. And, of course, my parody song, My Corona. Now, check this out. I tried to upload. I did a music video for My Corona. Right. And I was trying to upload it today, and it wouldn't let me upload it with that fucking name. Yeah, that's oh. because it's blocked. I was like, what the like, fuck? So I have on, to, man. like, I renamed the file and tried to upload it, and it was like, no, fuck you. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I got to wait or if I've got to, because the first, like, the freeze, like, the graphic that you see when you right. post a YouTube video says my corona on it, you know, hey, parody like, song well, or whatever. We are not Call it my corona, but make the O a zero. Oh, there you go. I'm telling you. Well, I changed it to just MMM video, and it wouldn't let me do it. But I'm wondering if that graphic, I don't know what it is, but I got to tweak it. So That's fucked. Anyway, so you guys at YouTube can go fuck yourselves because whatever. I did a parody (laughs) of it, and it's in last week's episode, so check that out if you missed it. Now, tonight, doing a feature on a thing I think a lot of true crime fans may not know about this because I know, Chris, when you told me about it, I had no idea. Um, I know, Brian, when we talked about it, you didn't know about it either. Yeah, it was news to me. Yeah, Yeah. so it's an interesting case because not a lot of people know about it. Um, When I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is a real thing that happened. Yeah. We need to talk about this. Yeah, and it's really crazy. But uh, Zach Bowen um, is a a very, very crazy story down in New Orleans uh, post-Hurricane Katrina. Oh, during well during and then after yeah for sure um i bought the book uh about the subject by ethan brown called shake the devil off it was fantastic um so i think you guys are going to be in for a good one tonight a wicked tale of murder suicide and cannibalism in the big easy definitely a sick one a lot of good detail i can imagine being the cops walking into that motherfucker wow yeah right like well at least they (laughs) had an idea though yeah no yeah gacy's you have no idea all of a sudden you're just like body 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 body. (laughs) right yeah i mean it's it's crazy fucked up though yeah the message we'll get into all that it's a good story it is a good one So CK ready to go on Wildman Street in Danbury, Connecticut, once away. He's chomping at the bit to talk about Exhorter. Um, and we'll have to tell him about his partner, CCK, causing some mayhem here in the yeah, studio. Yeah, he's being a dick. Because it's CK's birthday today, yeah. man. Hey, CK. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, so we're we... going to talk to him about that. Um, That's awesome. And uh, the band uh, Exhorter, of course, heavily influenced the band Pantera. We've talked about that before. Yeah, we had this discussion. <laughs> Quite a few times. Like, Pantera stole it. 
Yeah. <laughs> but you know what Pantera did? They put up five platinum records. Right? There's that. Yeah, yeah they laughed all the way that. to the bank, right. that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> since we've got a feature taking place in New Orleans, CK went with the New Orleans band, so I thought that was a good one. Uh, Exhorter, definitely awesome. They came out with that new album last year. I got a song to play from that later. Uh, he's got some more metal news, some more coronavirus stuff going on with bands, and it's kind of crazy. So stay tuned to that uh, in the metal segment coming up. So, And we've got our big final match in the March Mayhem Contest. Chris, we've been working on this all month of March, and so we are finally going to decide on a winner tonight. Got a good match, dude. though, in the final, dude. Who is it? Dude. Going at it in Carl. the cage one last time. Carl Panjram and Ali Warnos, dude. Nice. Dude. I mean, Stephanie got this shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the weather's been good for me. <laughs> so you are playing for one listener, Stephanie from Toledo, Ohio. Right. And CK is the you two are left. I got excluded last week when Fish lost. But I am uh, not in it, but CK is playing for Justin from Lexington, Illinois. So we're going to see who wins tonight. We'll decide. And it should be fun because we got Brian in here with us to talk about that whole matchup. Yeah, I can't wait for this gonna match. It's going to be fun. It's no going to be Brian's fun. Brian's already stated. He's like, yeah. I got an idea about this shit. Yeah, we've already had a little discussion, but we'll talk about that more in the Mayhem segment. So it's going to be a good one. Um, tonight we'll see who wins the prize and what is the prize, Joey? They get the big part of the prize. Yeah, is they what? get a chance to uh, be a co-host on the podcast. Yeah, like, via Skype Messenger. Or, yeah, come yeah. on in uh, via, like you said, Messenger is what we typically use or Skype, and uh, get them on and do a murder segment with us. And Chris even sweeten the deal even more. Let him yes, pick the yeah. topic. Yeah. We could give him a list. He didn't even know I was saying that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he looked at me no, like, I thought it was a great he, no, idea. He looked at me like, you're di- Oh, wait, that's a good idea. Yeah, that <laughs> was really a good idea. So they get to pick the topic, and we'll do that. And we'll pick a week that works for them, uh, you know, to make sure everybody's schedules are good. So it should be fun to get a listener involved. Uh, and then the the rest of the, the two other prizes are, you know, T-shirt and the book, book and all kinds of stickers. stuff. Stickers. So, Everything, yeah, totally dude. hooking them up. So the only thing basically you're not getting is the fucking the co-host. spot. Yeah, right. So we'll see how that works out. Um, also, don't forget about our adult activity book that we released a couple months ago, t- entitled "The Coffee Table Book That Should Be Nowhere Near a Coffee Table" for only ten bucks. Right. And now, when he says adult, don't get me wrong. There's no like vaginal penetration. Yeah. No. Or anything no. Like it's just that. the humor, you the know, because hu- you're counting exactly. pubic hairs in a on a plate. Your color and serial killers, right? And there's uh, body serial killer parts. word search. I seen the picture that you posted. Yeah, yeah. Colors the cool. picture. Yeah, yeah that Fuck was really yeah, cool. Dude, that was good as shit. Yeah, that was shit, awesome. My daughters have already colored pictures and that shit. Like, hey, dad, look what I did in your book. Like, <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, you got to get one. It's just a funny conversation piece. Ten bucks plus five to ship it anywhere in the U.S. If you're outside the U.S., just message or email us. And uh, we'll find out the exact shipping, and you can just do it that way. Uh, we'll put a link in the episode description so you can do that. Uh, all you, or you can go to Facebook, uh, find us on there, and uh, get the links to it from that. So we got articles that we each wrote, some good art from Dathan Angle. Um, Dathan did a great stuff. job on the art. He it's, did. It's just a fun book. It is. Like, it's yeah, something it's you not should meant to have be serious. just to be like, 
Look what I got. This is fucked. Yeah, and if you're stuck at home, dude, I mean, you can only watch so much Tiger King, you know, before you or cat videos on YouTube. Or like people like tripping Dude, downstairs. I ain't lying. That shit. Me and Cash was, was watching that fucking uh, Pazuzu motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck, dude! <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds pretty crazy. There's a lot oh, of good you stuff need to out check there. That out. But Holy this book fuck. would just be nice. You know, you could color while you're watching that stuff. Exactly. Uh, Make it bloody. Thanks to our uh, sponsor, SpellboundEffectsAndArt.com. Check out their amazing online catalog. Some Ed Gein inspired art. Tony's Brian, what do you think of this stuff shit. here, man? Yeah, that lamp is uh, very wicked and just exactly what I'd imagine walking into a right. farmhouse yeah, in exactly. uh, right? <laughs> Walking into a farmhouse, he said. And that forearm. That forearm is, like, legit, man. It I is. mean, that is, like, dense, like a real arm. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, you can do a little bit of smacking around on you whatever could. you want. Boom. You could. Hey, dude, <laughs> you we got could. the dicks We got shot in there. We'll be, we'll be nice yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah we'll we be gentlemen. Like, we can make this shit really weird. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the severed arm jacking off the severed cock. Yeah, there that's fucked. <laughs> so huge thanks to everybody out there listening. Um you know, we really do appreciate. We thank you guys for doing that. Um, also, forgot to mention thanks to Bowen Anger Management for that last minute ad tonight. <laughs> I mean, it's a subsidiary, right? It is a subsidiary of Benoit oh, Anger yeah. Management. Okay, so the Bowen <laughs> Anger Management should be a fun little trip through down uh, down that whole deal. So it's pretty fucked up. So I'm sorry, uh, it got me. I was I, I figured that was the joke. Yeah. Did you show uh, Brian our, our I Benoit? see the back of Benoit? Yeah, there there he is. Is. So I figured there was only one wrestler it could be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll have a, a lot of shit on our plate tonight. Got a crazy couple that loves the party in New Orleans, so things are gonna get a bit weird. And it's a story, though, that needs to be told. Oh, so, yeah. Chris, hey, man, let's get our fucking goddamn beaded titty murder on. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Some new creator. Gotta love some creator. Got a new uh, live album coming out, and that song, 666 World Divided, definitely badass. Shawback Nation 666. There you go. (laughs) We are in the murder segment. Still got Brian Ward here. He's he's staying on so far. He's not run out the door yet. Now, Brian's been in here before, so he knows the deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, So it's good to have you here, Brian, and Cheyenne along for the ride. And, of course, Joey Gormonger in here still, of course. I live here. He now. won't leave. Yeah, he won't <laughs> he leave. said, I live here. Yeah, now. I came out to throw the garbage. I saw Joey just in, in his boxers just scratching his ass. And I, hey, I was, I was like, weeding oh, your sidewalk for you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was clean, though, right? <laughs> I washed my hands, bitch. <laughs> Now, the feature in our murder segment tonight, the story of Zach Bowen, uh, a guy that most of our listeners probably never heard of, uh, 2006 murder-suicide involving Zach and his on-off-again girlfriend, Addie Eddie, Hall. Dude. What the like, fuck, man? Like they, they like came together at a weird time in life that just made it work out a little bit, but didn't yeah. really work out. No, not at all. 
Uh, it's, it's more like something out of a fucking horror movie, man. A crazy story set in New Orleans, which adds a whole different at level of right. fucked upness to this thing. During Katrina. Yeah, like throw that in Katrina. the mix. Katrina, like, fucking like, natural oh, disaster. A lot of shit to chew on with this one. So it's a, it's a good story. Now, Brian... Um, we were talking in the intro that you had said you had never heard of this one before, and you're a big serial killer slash yeah. true crime aficionado. So yeah, I I like to think so, and people like to, or people that know me like to think so. But yeah, as we were talking during the break, though, there's there's so many out there that I don't yeah, know anybody that would know every single one of this. No, one. I don't think knows. anybody Somebody, really yeah, could. Even Cashman, dude, like like. Same oh, yeah. as you with this. Yeah, we're running into some that Pete brings up. I've never heard of. Like before. who the yeah, and I mean, fuck is that person? This one definitely flew under my radar. I mean, I don't know if right. I don't know what you guys think. It and what once you stories maybe kind of glossed right. over it, or once or you started researching it after you heard oh, yeah. about it, it, yeah, it's 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 fucked up, and it I, is really fucked up. Yeah, but it brings it's a crazy. One. I mean, there's a, definitely a lot for us to digest and talk about and i guess digest maybe is a little bit of an inside joke yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) what's funny is i think one of the like i told you all that one show final what was it chris how come you can always remember it uh final final shit you can't remember (laughs) anyway so you know some youtube show and i caught that and uh, that's where I had heard about it, but it's funny because I think... Final Witness. Yeah, Final Witness. I think okay. the original <laughs> link, uh, the whole reason why I even found out that story was because it was saying uh, it was a take on true crime and the fascination with it. Okay. And it was a whole thing done because of this story because afterwards, you know, somebody ended up buying the place and, you know... Oh, yeah. Right. So that whole thing... Really I think that was the whole reason, that. though. It wasn't even intentionally the murder. It was because of the... The, uh, the situation? Yeah. Yeah. With the true crime. Yeah, it definitely has a lot of layers. There's yeah. a lot going on. Which is on funny because now we're doing a true crime podcast. That's right. It, so. That's right. <laughs> so the story actually begins at the end here. Um, it's October 2006. The police in New Orleans get a call. And they called it a 29S, which is apparently um, the, the signal for a jumper um, or suicide, I should say, at the Omni Hotel. Um, after Hurricane Katrina, the term I, I had read about Katrina crazy. I don't know if you ever heard that, Chris. I, I had not heard that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of wild, but I'll they look, said no, it was very was, common. Well, I mean, after Katrina, like people being stuck at home, like yeah. in dire straits, basically. Right. Like, I have nothing yeah, left to live for. Yeah, I mean, for. people are like, killing I'm themselves fucked. just out of desperation. So. But this one was a little weird because it, it came from a different scenario. Right. So that's how, you know, they, they kind of had that term. And unfortunately, the police saw a lot of suicide uh, there in New Orleans at that time. And like you said, Chris, like this apocalyptic type existence where there's no utilities, there's nothing. I mean, you're totally like walking dead style hey, shit. Hey, Brian, you know? dude. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the apocalypse right now, and you showed up here. We're good, right? <laughs> I, I think so. I yeah. think so. All right. I mean, cool, cool. <laughs> I, you know, I said, fuck it. What, what is it all the kiddies were saying on the spring break? YOLO or whatever? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said YOLO or whatever. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. I don't yeah. give a shit no more. <laughs> like, now, I should have asked you earlier, Brian. You haven't been here for a while. Did you like... I mean, we're always adding things oh, to yeah. the studio. Yeah, there's, there's more stuff. The fish I, mask and stuff. So, And I, I really dig it. I know Gacy was here last time right but i don't think did you and, notice the letter that i had up there uh, by the albert fish uh, 
mask, right? I did not see that. You'll previous. have to take a look at that because I know you're going to know what that that's, is. That's, I have little doubt that that's the Grace Bud letter. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you not maybe pick that one. up from St. Booth? Did no, I, I just no, printed just, it off the internet. Oh, I got yeah. you. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it's not like a copy of the, okay. the real. Th- you can't even read the real one. Yeah. The handwriting oh, so the handwriting weird. Is fucking yeah. weird. So that's why I picked like, that one because you nice. can actually read it. But yeah, so I knew you would you would like that little yeah. touch there. So. And I and I mean the the Gacy poster from of course, uh, Borowski, Borowski. Yeah, we've yeah. got a couple of those at home too. I got to get them put up. But oh yeah, I mean that that's is a great poster. Wicked man. artwork. That is wicked really artwork. good. So yeah, so you got a a whole storm here brewing with this going on. Um, uh, Hurricane Katrina, Zach Bowen and his girlfriend, Eddie Hall, decided to stay behind uh, instead of taking the advice of everyone to get the hell out because, uh, you know, they got blasted. 2005 was when that hit uh, in New Orleans. So really I'm not going to lie. I remember Katrina. Oh, yeah. Do you, like, yeah. like yeah. I remember when that happened. I wasn't there, obviously. This drunk motherfucker this... finally remembers something. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, duh, Katrina. You're like, I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> 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 We're like, yeah. Yeah, uh, we remember. Bro. Love that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, you win this battle, sir. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, they stay behind. I mean, no electricity, no utilities. It's like raiding, walking dead type shit getting free alcohol where they could find it staying drunk you know for months um not having to work they kind of got into it i mean they kind of preferred it to be honest and it's like an extended camping trip is basically what yeah. they were saying I think they, they, were, were uh, they weren't together i think he stayed with her through that like once the hurricane came i think she gave right. him a place to stay and then they got together during that time oh okay because i think they worked together to like he was a bartender and she was a waitress or something yeah something i think you might line. be right no yeah. they were both bartenders Mate, okay yeah so you know they both though had that thirst for cocaine which really <laughs> took this thing to a whole new level thirst for cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> i love that so uh consume a bunch of it man they were just like total cokeheads uh you know between drinking and drugs they had not a whole lot of money for anything else um, and they just really liked it. And when the re- residents actually moved back, they were pretty resentful of it. Uh, did not like, uh, you know, kind of going back to normal. So kind of kind of wild. Now, Joey, this sounds like some crazy shit here, just surviving however you can. And they had it a little bit worse than, you know, us complaining that we can't go to a show or something like that. You know what I mean? When you think about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. No, you know. that was a much harder situation down there. Um, oh, yeah. Some of the things I was reading, like, there there was a point, like you said, Chris, they came to where they were kind of cool with it, though. They're like, okay, we're yeah. living off a of barter system. We ain't got to work. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, you don't give a shit. Yeah. And, and they had each other at the time, you know, but, you know, that's... That's not how you want to be living, and there were people down there really, really fucked up. Yeah, way worse than us sitting up here fucking crying because we can't find ramen noodles in our <laughs> favorite flavor. Son of a bitch, you can't get no chili I'm ramen. Get the dollar hot. store toilet paper. I can't get Cottonelle. God damn it. So, so Zach was originally from California. He was born in 1978. Uh, he's about your age, Chris. Uh, pretty shy and awkward kid mm. growing up. Uh, parents split up when he was 12 in 1990, and his mom, Lori, moved to the Santa Maria area in California. They were with Zach and his older brother, Jed. 
Um, I don't know if that was like a, a tip of the cap to the Clampets or what the deal was with calling this kid Jed, <laughs> but whatever the case may be. Uh, Zach was into Metallica, though. That was kind of cool. Hopefully back when they fucking had a fucking nutsack. Oh, no. Uh, it was like he had a tattoo of one of their... Uh, what fucking song was it? Oh, kill them all. No regret. God damn it. Oh, no remorse, no regret? No, it wasn't that. No? Never mind. I'm fucking stupid. So <laughs> so he was into metal um, and rock, you know, type music. He was a guitar player. Um, he gets, you know, in the te- as a teenager, he got, like, obsessed with this homecoming king. I wasn't quite sure what the deal was with that. The book gets into it a little bit. Really, for whatever reason, had his heart set on this, and he I'm lost. I'm trying to be in the homecoming, yeah, and, and he, he got, didn't get it. He yeah. didn't get it, and he was all pissed, and he just kind of sank into a depression. And, you know, you know how it is being into metal, Joey and Chris, you know, the and Brian, you know, the... The whole thing of um, you know metal so bad you know and in yeah. this case it almost looks <laughs> yeah, and people bad because he gets kind of sucked into it you know right and people look at you like oh you that's what you listen to you're <laughs> fucking terrible person I'm like oh <laughs> but you go to church every day and you're worse right yeah, exactly <laughs> so he winds up moving in with his dad Jack uh, and by now fucking Zach is six foot ten I mean holy shit. A uh, handsome dude, uh, big hit with the ladies. Uh, he and his dad do some cross-country traveling. They end up in New Orleans, so that's where he gets exposed to that. He really likes it there. Uh, starts working as a bartender, as you mentioned, Chris, at some of the New Orleans bars. Uh, but he started out selling these Go Cups, Chris. I never heard of that before. I've never been to New Orleans, but where you take drinks like to go. So that was like his thing. And he was a hit because he's fucking six foot ten, uh, and you gonna, see him a mile away. I'm not gonna lie. Every time uh, I ride in a vehicle, I have drinks to go. <laughs> right, that's what I figured. Yeah, that, that's not a big. But that's not a new concept to you. Yeah. But for there, for like French Quarter though, it's yeah, you're walking dope. around. Like, yeah, you yeah. can walk around with your, which you can do in Vegas too. You know, from certain areas. But oh, yeah, okay. New Orleans is just like, oh, you bought a drink at this place, cool. I'm gonna leave now and walk down the street. Yeah, that's crazy. That's fucked. I know. You, you need to go there. Let me try that. Let me tell like jail point. <laughs> now, Brian, it's six foot ten. Definitely not an inconspicuous guy no. uh, in the French Quarter. No, I imagine he was probably pretty easy to see. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think... Like uh, Ed Kemper walking around. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. for real, like, yeah. giant Yeah, Jesperson, Kemper, and fucking Zach Bowen would be, like, a hell of Dude. a friggin' yeah, yeah. basketball <laughs> thing. Remind me on Jesperson. What was he? He's 6'8", right? Yeah, I think yeah, him I and Kemper so. were the same height, So okay. and Zach even a couple inches taller than them. Look, so. yeah. Jesperson just, like... I. I I will never get rid of the thought of him tying a body under the knee yeah. of the semi and just dragging her around like, never going to find him now. Yeah. Like, well, we just played fuck, the dude? Jesperson commercial the last episode, and right. I heard that again. Yeah. I'm like, God damn, that's <laughs> that fucking brutal. That is so man. bad, dude. <laughs> so Zach winds up meeting a 28-year-old woman, Lana, uh, that's a total stripper name there. Um, in, uh, I mean, as she, she was, was a stripper. stripper. That's why I said that. Uh, in the quarter. I dated Lan- a stripper once. Did you? Yeah, it was pretty all right. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> Lana and Zach hit it off big time. Uh, he lied about his age to the older whim- or older woman who claimed she had no idea. He was only 18. Uh, it was 90- 1997. 
And then Lana ends up pregnant with Zach's son, who they named Jackson. Right. Uh, with an X. Kind of cool. Uh, at first, Zach's totally into being a dad and spending a lot of time with the baby. But then that kind of wears thin. The financial burden kind of sets in. And he realizes this is fucking hard work. Uh, he calls his brother, who had recently Dude. joined the army. What's that? Kids are always hard fucking. Well, yeah, work, that's dude. what I'm saying. Like, no shit, dude. You thought this was going to be fun, damn. you know? I mean, it is fun, but it's there's a lot of work involved to it. Um, so he calls his brother who had joined the army um, and urged him to do the same thing. So Zach actually told him he would think about it, which kind of surprised his brother a bit. Didn't strike him as the army type of guy, but uh, his his brother joined. So Zach kind of thinking about it. Uh, but October of 1998, they get married, uh, Zach and Lana. Nice ceremony. Uh, and eventually, though, he follows his brother, Chris, to the Army in 2000 as a military policeman, an MP. So, Hey, man, I wouldn't join the Army. No, I, I could not see you in the Army at all. You know, Pete's like, I joined the Army. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. There were all kinds of people in the army, and they definitely get you whipped up uh, to the right way, or you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the two. I'd be like, dude, I'm drinking, dude. I go off. He wound up going to Kosovo in 2000, right after Basic and his AIT. Um, he did see some gruesome stuff. Ends up uh, getting on some details, bagging up dead bodies. Right. A buddy of mine that has PTSD horribly bad. He did that uh, for like months over there. Just it was either Iraq bodies. or yeah. Af- Afghanistan, and it was oh my god! Like, I mean, dude, really I, I, bad, man. All I saw every day, all day was yeah, bodies. it's like, fucked yeah, up. That would fuck, yeah, that would it's definitely terrible. fuck a person up. Yeah, um, he wrote some depressing letters back home to his mom and his grandma about his experiences over there. So Kosovo definitely fucking with him. He's also missing his wife and kids. Um, now, Chris, I definitely think the experiences that he had in the Army stayed with him. And we were talking about this in our meeting before the show. I mean, PTSD, big time oh, it's here. it's not good. And it, it didn't even military, but like like uh, I probably said it on the show before, but even my mom's got PTSD. Oh, it's yeah. It's not military. No. Like when mom and dad got in that accident in the yeah. truck. And mom like straight up ran over the driver's side of a pickup truck driving the semi and killed this dude. Everything went up in flames. Wow. They lost everything other than mom and dad. So now mom's just scared to drive at night sometimes. Yeah. I mean, she still does it, but at the same time, she's like, I'm never driving a semi again. Ever. Right, right. Like dad was sleeping in the back. So yeah, no, the PTSD, I oh, understand yeah. from other people's perspectives. I've never had it personally. Right. But after hearing mom and dad shit after that wreck, Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the accident I was in in 2017, I I had some issues with that. Not anything like what your parents went through, of course. But, Brian, I know we were talking about the PTSD part of this. We'll get more into it as we go on. But you were definitely saying the same thing. I mean, big time. Yeah, yeah. And I think another point that might be that, I mean, it just came to me when we were going back over that. If you're bagging up bodies in Kosovo and things of that nature, it's not just... Like maybe it would be a little easier if it was old folks or or people you oh, right. sure. These every are people your age. I mean, you're, you're, you're basically yeah, looking in the mirror every day, zipping these guys yeah. up. I think that adds just another element that they all these people are your age. Oh right. yeah, and you your know age. you're not supposed to be dead. Maybe right? older, maybe True. younger. 
Yeah, even so kids too. I think that, that would be fucked with up. You. And like you said, we'll get into it a little so, bit. Later, yeah, no, I, mean, I get it. Katrina, yeah, in New Orleans, they had bodies floating around yeah. in the water all the time. Right. Yeah. So, Chris, your point's so. well taken that it doesn't have to be just a military thing. I mean, no, it's post-traumatic stress. Exactly. Like my so you have a traumatic life was event. Fucked up for a second. Yeah. So to be perfectly clear here, we are in no way making fun of PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Definitely nothing to joke about. And as a veteran myself, I have several friends who have suffered from this. It's definitely really terrible. Um, I was fortunate enough not to be deployed. Um, I got hurt before that happened. But I had a couple of experiences while serving in the Army that might be consistent with some PTSD issues. But remember, it could strike anyone after a traumatic event. So if you're struggling with anything like that, get some help, please. Uh, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline in the United States, 800-273-8255. Uh, so Zach continues that problems with the Army life. Uh, he's now stationed in Germany, uh, but he's not with his family. He's not with Lana and Jackson. No, Lana's got the kids to yeah. herself. Yeah. yeah, so that's tough uh, on a spouse, too. I mean, that's the thing. It's tough on the military member, but the spouse who's dealing with the kid or kids at home with you know limited income, you know, on your own, it's tough. I mean, it really is a tough life. Uh, he's drinking heavily. Uh, See, and that, have, that's what I'm saying. Like, at the same time, I, I get it. You want to see your kids, but at the same time, they're not available. So what do you do? Right. You drink take the time up. You fucking. Well, fuck it. I'm going to get fucked up with my friends. What are you doing? Right. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, and he so he's doing that. He's having problems with hammer toe, which is a problem a lot of soldiers get from wearing combat boots, and that's where the toe, which is usually the one next to your big toe, has an unnatural bend in it. And I had a couple of guys in basic training that got out of the Army because they couldn't wear combat boots. Uh, messes with your feet. They actually give them to you like a size too small purposely so they fit really snug. When they break in, so those first couple days are absolutely brutal, but then they start to work in, and then you can actually wear them. But it's very uncomfortable, um, at least my I experience. I don't even like with that it. concept at all. No. Nope. So a lot of guys that have nope, flat like feet it. or any kind of <laughs> foot problems done. Um, now, Brian, I'm sure in your line of work in corrections, you know, you could probably say that you've seen people whether it be the customers right. or the workers uh that have gone through traumatic oh, events sure. of course yeah. right yeah i mean you can some fellow guards that would talk about some instances and it was they never claimed to have the uh ptsd or or anything like that but you right. can tell you can tell when people are telling stories. Right, when they're talking story, to you. Exactly. Right. When that kind of look in their eye goes off and, it, and it's yeah. more and it means more. And you, right. Yeah, you, you can you can tell when those you things are going shit. on. You can see that shit. Yeah, oh, exactly. Because, sure. unfortunately, and, and like you mentioned, Pete, there's a lot of people out there that do. It's a very serious issue and people do need help. My family's a, a military family, so I, I feel this too. But there's still that stigma attached to mental health. Right. And oh, there is. I think some of these folks... 
they'll talk about it and they'll talk about it like they're just telling you a story. Right. But you could tell it. But it's, it's it's more to them. You could see exactly, it dude. They, them they more. feel it more. And we got to reach out. Do. We got to reach out. People got to reach out. Hey, it's right. okay to talk about this. It thing. is. It's it like is. when uh, Bundy was talking about Green River to the feds, and he's yeah. talking about the Green River, but he's telling them stories about himself. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same it's like, kind this of thing. This is yeah. what I did, but check this out. But exactly. I ain't gonna admit to it. I'm just gonna say that I know right. some information. Yep. <laughs> right. And it's you know it's the same thing I think with with some of these vets they i'll tell you some more stories right and it starts off lighthearted, but you can right. tell right they start going there yeah, yeah they start going there get in that Definitely. mode dude Fuck now yeah. lana has a girl uh lily i thought that was interesting chris with your daughter lily uh so now he's Not got a couple of kids one l yeah i thought that was weird yeah. lily or yeah lily or whatever uh, i always thought it was always weird like people have daughters named lillian and they spell Lily with one L, but it's yeah. Lily. It's two L's. Because yeah. Lily gets spelled with two L's. Yeah. Fuck you. And Lily would be like, fuck you, dude. I'll kill you. <laughs> and she's 10. <laughs> we'll, we'll have her in the cage match before too long. Huh? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> he winds up getting deployed to Kuwait in 2003. His uh, problems with the army continue. Uh, his wife and kids are in Germany. He's miserable. Uh, they're miserable with him gone. She's sending care packages to him, uh, which is good, but uh, he's struggling still. Um, you know, he, he's back in a war zone, um, you know, and especially in a backward country like Kuwait. I mean, they just had to suck. Uh, spent some time at the infamous Abu Ghraib prison, the one that was in the media there for a while. Did he um, take, like, a lot of dick? No, he wasn't an inmate. He was a, like a guard at the prison. Oh. Yeah. Um, so Zach was a sergeant. He might have. Know. I don't know. I mean, he, uh, he was into knows? that, so it's very up? possible. Uh, Zach was a sergeant at the time, so they were living at the Army base. Um, his pay is at least decent at that rank, but certainly not uh, not rolling in the money. But at least he's not struggling month to month right, like you do at the lower down. ranks. Oh, yeah. Now, Chris, I can't imagine being away from kids that long. Uh, the five months that I was gone in Army Basic and AIT was bad enough because I left uh, two weeks after Joey was born. So I saw him for two weeks. I was gone for almost six months. I was at Fort Knox and not in Kosovo or Kuwait. So I can't imagine this shit, you know. Well, me being me, I have my three children. I have never gone more than two months without seeing them. Yeah. And I couldn't even imagine five months, dude. It fucked me up. Like, yeah, it was very difficult. kids, dude. Yeah, it was very, very difficult. Um, and at this point in life right now, like, Cole's like 18. Yeah, when they get older, like, hey, it's Dad. a little different because they're doing their own thing. But when they're little like that, it's really mm, tough. Right. It was for me. Um, now, Brian, you're a dad, obviously. Yep. Um, what, uh, I mean, you could relate to how tough yeah. it would be. Uh, certainly. I mean, and without getting way into it, I mean, Cheyenne's mom and I were divorced when she was three, so there's a lot going on there. And, sure. And I mean, even just visitations, you know, on your days off. Right. When those days at the time she's three years old, when you're, when you don't have days with her and you're used yeah. to seeing her every day. So yeah. I, yeah, I don't know that I can even grasp the concept of five months or or longer for those guys. I mean, yeah. Now she's she's nineteen, so it is like you'd mentioned with your son. It's 
It's different. I know she has a life. Right. But yeah, even at, even at two weeks, I'm yeah, still you don't like, want to miss. Yeah, you miss her. It's been two yeah. weeks, man. Come on, come around. For yeah, a come bit. say hi. Yeah. So, <laughs> so no, so it's tough as a parent to yeah, have kids being kids, gone. I can't. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, two weeks after my son was born was really yeah. really difficult. Uh, he loses Rachel, uh, which was a friend of his and fellow fellow soldier. Uh, she was an MP in his unit. Uh, they were hit with a mortar attack. She was killed. Several others severely injured. And he's just devastated by this. Uh, another close friend of his, Todd, uh, severely injured. And that also fucks with him. You know, I could see that when you got friends next to you, you get hurt. I mean, you're just like, man, it's a matter oh, of time. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine him, like, say it had been you, Cashman Bryan, my brother, whatever. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, this motherfucker just, like, blows up next to me. Yeah. Not going to be happy about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's got to be difficult. Um, so by the time their deployment is over with in 2003, he's sick of it. He wants to get out. Um, he decides the best way to do this is by failing his PT test. That's a physical training. Um, it does take a few months to go through that process, but it does work. Eventually, you'll get kicked out. Um, he winds up getting a general discharge instead of the honorable discharge, which really hurts him later when he's trying to get help from the VA. Uh, and I'm a VA patient. I was not aware of that. Chris, we were talking about this in our meeting, that that that's really can haunt you and stay with you, you know, as you apply for jobs. And Brian, you were talking right. about a different aid or, mm -hmm. you know, discounts maybe would short, you know, you from doing that stuff. I mean, you may have had this uh heart attack not heart attack or whatever but yeah nothing's ever gonna work out no i mean the va is is nice i mean it, it's got its shortcomings but it is nice that i have that as a kind of false fail safe in case let's say i didn't have health insurance i could at least go to the va especially now that they got the clinic here in bloomington it's really sweet it's like five minutes oh, or no less from my office no i was going to peoria but now i just go to bloomington I thought you were going to Springfield. Either no. way, I mean, yeah. Peoria. Yeah, it's way. still nice. It's like two minutes from my office. So my buddy Kevin up in Milwaukee, you met him. Yeah, still, Kevin. I mean, Stoney, he basically dude. lives. Yeah, like, there's a hospital the there in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he no, got really Kevin, Kevin's up and like, paralyzed almost. Oh wow. Yeah, and Kevin's on some real shit. But oh, no, wow. they uh, they take care of him. That's good. Yeah, that's and, good. And, it's gotten a lot better in yeah. the last five, six years. I've noticed. It is nice, the you know, them being that close to the hospital, right? Because you don't know when certain situations arise. Yeah, and you could be far. Like here, the nearest hospital is Danville. Yeah. Um, and I've been there. I've been to Iowa City. I mean, I've been to some of them. So, uh, so he lies to Lana about his discharge, telling her it was for medical reasons. And once she finds out, she gets upset about having to go strip again and Zach having to go back to bartending, but I'm not quite sure why she just couldn't find like a regular job. I don't understand why it's like, well, wait a minute, you're getting kicked out of the army. So now you got to go strip again. It's like, well, you could go work at fucking Kmart, you know I mean? Uh, whatever. So, uh, she decides to file for divorce. Remember what we said, Chris comfort level. Comfort level. You get comfortable. Well, yeah, what she's you used to making that kind of money as a stripper. Like, oh, I can make this much a week. Right, doing this. this. Yeah, I get to, that, but she was like yeah. saying, "Like, oh no, I right. have to go." Yeah. No, you don't really have to. <laughs> um, he does, uh, you know, try to get to see the kids with visitation, but his life is a fucking mess. 
drinking, drugs. I mean, it just continues to spiral. And Brian, slowly things are starting to unravel here. The story is starting to build. He's in his mid-20s. Things are starting to go into kind of a spiral here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think as we've been gone through the story a little bit more, I, I mean, even going back to the being so upset about the homecoming thing, king thing, I, I think there's definitely some major depression issues oh yeah with zach from i mean when were the parents divorced when he was 12 i think it was yeah something like that i'm not gonna say that's the case but yeah i i think we've got we've got some underlying issues before we even get into oh yeah death and dismemberment and yeah drinking and and drugs and everything else like he went to the army like knowing he needed to do something different with his life. Right. And it basically didn't work out for him. No, it didn't. He saw some bad shit. Right. And that seems to kind of be the thing where every step that he thinks he's taking in the right direction, he's never works out working out. Yeah. Never. And if you've already got issues to begin with in your, in your head to begin with. Right. And now it just seems like, all right, every step I'm taking, this is going to fix it. But that failed. And and when you stay with a toxic person the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Joey, I mean, not to use a baseball analogy, you know, you being a Boston fan and everything, (laughs) but you can see the stitches on the baseball pretty easy here. He's definitely heading to a fucking brick wall. (laughs) And especially when you bring in stripper number two to this equation here. What the hell, dude? Strippers were obviously an underlying thing for him like as you the more you read about the dude there was always something about strippers yeah you know, always even yeah, at the yeah, end everything at yeah. the end we'll get into that too he brings strippers up in his final fucking declaration basically yeah right but uh but no he uh maybe for him it just must have been um an easy option for him to find somebody to be with him you know even for a little bit of time I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but I definitely feel with his depression and uh, right. insecurity issues that a stripper is stripper just made, one of those stripper people. Stripper made that, it right. Right. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can push this bitch. I can push this. And I want to say bitch would be an asshole, but yeah. it's basically like I can push her off and it means nothing right. to me. Right. Yeah. Plus, like you said, I mean, maybe the validation of, hey, I've got a stripper. I mean, yeah. some guys might take validation out of, yeah. of yeah. that. Right. Plus... And and not trying to be rude or anything, but maybe the expectation level is yeah. a lower too. Sure, it could be. It could be. And I mean, I, obviously, we don't know nothing about this because nothing was ever said. I don't know if he indulged in much prostitution or whores while he was right. overseas. Right. But yeah. I feel like uh, maybe yeah, with his his situation, he probably did. You know, or at least looked out there. So, I mean, that was probably always something that he had on his mind a little bit. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, so he's back in New Orleans and divorced. Um, so, yeah, he winds up meeting another bartender, but some people thought she was a stripper as well. I saw some kind of, you know, uh, differing uh, views on that there. But nonetheless, she is a toxic individual. Addie Hall, uh, all about partying, and Chris, just the fucking bad influence Zach needs. He's already prone to drinking and and drugs, and now he's hanging out with a girl that's sounds like my next really baby wild, mama. really <laughs> wild. So, <laughs> now, some of the stuff I read mentioned, uh, like I said, that she was also a stripper. I'm not really sure there. Um, they decide to stay in New Orleans during the hurricane. They get holed up in this apartment. Uh, they got some local media attention though for being the few that stayed behind because Addie. 
also had a thing for showing her titties to the police that drove by the apartment. I thought that was nice. No, that was, that was a real thing. Yeah, it was. But, you know, like, she got they, all this media attention the, over it. It's like, really? You know? Yeah, they got they hung out through the entire damn yeah. hurricane and everything. And yeah. Hung out, and it was like, like we said earlier, it was like a big camping trip. They yeah. Had a, there was an article that they were in the New York Times. Yeah. yeah talking about they them, how word, they were yeah. surviving afterwards. Oh, you know? yeah. It's like... Holy shit, you know. Oh yeah. Like, I mean he was like a hero in yeah. New Orleans for staying behind and helping other people. And she was a hero for showing her titties to That's yeah. right. Boom. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say most Sex of the girl. pictures I think most of the pictures we have of them are from those no, media outlets. Yeah. Right? No, literally, yeah, probably the pictures yeah. that, do you Google them? Yeah. Sitting in images, front of their apartment that, yeah, and that's, stuff. That's, right. that's from, all from the articles and stuff. Yeah, like that, yeah so. that's one hundred percent what it is. Um, he was a very giving guy. Most people that you know knew him really liked him. A very nice guy. Uh, the one issue with Addie is she didn't like kids being around. So when he did have visitation with his kids, she made him go get a hotel room and stay yeah, there with that, the kids. Which was fucked up. Now that's fucked up. Um, now, Joey, how many cops you think made it a point to drive <laughs> by that apartment with her showing her titty? Right? I'm, I'm sure it was a pretty regular uh Routine, you know. Oh, yeah, uh, let me go over <laughs> here. Uh, I'll, I'll take that call. You know, be like, oh, that's my beat. Let me go there. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What street? <laughs> I got this one. Rampart. I'm on it. Uh, Brian. Now, Addie definitely seems very toxic. What do you think about her not wanting the kids around and just being a pretty much a bad individual? I mean, he doesn't need this. No, at he does all. not need this. No. I, I hate to say it, but I mean. Uh, Shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but that's that's just a giant bitch. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, that's pretty yeah. Make him go up, get a hotel room with but, his kids. Right. I mean, come on now. But you maybe know? we hit on this just a little bit ago. I mean, maybe his expectations for what she would want from him were yeah pretty low. But then when she, I mean, at some point you got to say that I'm I'm a dad and I like to be have my kids around. Right, exactly. That's what's hard because it's like in the gate she's like, hey, I don't like kids. Yeah, and then she's gonna tell you go get a hotel room. So right there you gotta be as a father like, okay, then this isn't gonna work out. Exactly. So if you're the one exactly. saying with her, you can't even Boom. get mad at her for being that way. That's how she is. That's how she right. is. I mean, I ain't got kids, so I might not want kids around me one night either. So right. I'm not gonna go hang out with my friends who got kids. No, right. Cash would be like, yeah. oh, you got your kids. I'd be like, yeah. He's like, I won't be over. <laughs> but you know no, what? That, I'm, that's I'm real definitely talk, not gonna try to get. In a relationship with a lady who has kids and not expect them to be part of her life either. Right, That's exactly. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Boom. So. Or then tell her, hey, when you got visitation, you're going to the hotel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if yeah. you Get do know that up front, right. I mean, hey, it's that's on you saying. if you want to right. be with her. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it probably goes is... back to his insecurities. Yep. And... Exactly. Right. So, Zach and Addie were, you know, even making cocktails for others that. We're visiting, bringing them out to the street outside after the fucking goddamn. Yeah, like hey, you want to drink this? Yeah, I want it. They were like trading alcohol for water. I saw Uh, they fought constantly. She's accusing him of cheating on her. Uh, There was something I saw in the book, uh, "Shake the Devil Off," about Zach and some homosexual tendencies. Uh, The book actually mentions. Nice. These arguments that they had um, where Addie would berate him about being gay and that he had a conversation with a friend that he said he was bisexual and that he had been seeing yeah, other was, men. Uh, not not squirrel. It, it was, was uh, with squirrel. Was it squirrel? It was with squirrel. Yeah. We're getting, okay. we're getting up to squirrel here in a sec. But yeah, squirrel's buddy of his uh, he confides in him. He tells him about it. 
And then Addie still finds out about it through other ways because, you know, New Orleans is a big, yeah, small, or small, big town or big, small town. Yeah. Anyway, Whatever. yeah, everybody better, knows everybody's especially business. Especially when you're in the same circle. Somebody's going to say something to somebody. Right. Nobody, no matter what. Don't so matter. she finds out and goes fucking nuts. Um, you know, she's known to be abusive towards boyfriends that she's had relationships with. Uh, she's furious uh, that he cheated on her, but even more so that it was with another man uh, over the course of their relationship. Hey, listen, listen. What? If you was begging your old lady and next thing you know, like your old lady cheated on you and you found out it was another chick, what would you do? Well, guys look at that differently. See? Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, I don't agree with that. <laughs> Me? If somebody's getting pleasure from another person sexually, regardless, I'm I, not about that. If yeah, you love I, me, you love me. No, that's Boom. what I was just gonna say. Yeah, I'm no. not that dude that's like that. No, I'm not I'm the same way. I <laughs> yeah. was just gonna say I would not be into that, but yeah. I know that's what I was saying. Some people are, but when it's the other way around, it's usually not no, the no, case. No. Uh, but I wouldn't I am with Cash, but yeah. like I mean if that's the no, relationship would... we're in, that's right. cool. That's right. fine. But if I'm trying but to don't be just with like one person, I would not on my back and be like, No, fuck. No, not at all. So so anyway, she finds out about it, and they get in another fight. Um, over the course of the relationship, she kicks out, you know, Zach dozens of times. They're constantly in the middle of drama with a bunch of bullshit. Like they, fucking, they should have been a reality show. Oh, for real! Uh, like for, the neighbors <laughs> from down the street were calling the cops for real. Oh though. yeah, like, why is this happening? Oh yeah, it was constant. Uh, now, one of the people that Zach and Eddie were friends with is that guy you mentioned, Chris Squirrel. He's their drug dealer. Uh, Greg Rogers was his name. I guess, you know, Squirrel, kind of a cool nickname. I know a dude named Squirrel that lives in Bloomington, so it's cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, he was their Coke dealer, and he gave him free Coke for helping him out after an accident he was involved with, where they took him in and loaned him some money uh, with no real time frame to pay him back. So instead, he's nice. He says, all right, well, we you guys can take like a little that. Coke now and then. But, of course, you know, they abuse <laughs> this shit. They're taking way more than they should have. And, Brian, does it sound like a good business model no. to no. get hooked up with these two and just let them take what they want, you know? No. I mean, I, I don't know from personal experience, but most of the dealers... I think what they give you a taste to get you right, in. right, right, and right. then it becomes to a knee breaking time, if right? You're, if you're not yeah. paying up, <laughs> he said so, knee time. I love so the whole <laughs> thing of oh no, you guys don't have to pay me back at any yeah. particular time, and by the way, just do whatever you want, and yeah, and, and fuck yeah. me over, even though I'm supposed to. Well, yeah, fuck yeah, that it's shit not going to end very well, that's <laughs> right. for sure. Now, Chris, you would think with these two train wrecks of fucking humanity, and she's loose with her fists, her mouth, and apparently her vagina. Uh, but most of them are drinking like fucking crazy, doing a lot of drugs. It's definitely like the perfect storm, dude. I mean, this is just waiting for some crazy shit to go down. So you've never been to FTA, (laughs) 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 but not for real. I drink a lot, but their situation as a couple was not working out at all. No, a lot of violence. Like, like. I've, I've had those situations where, like, yeah, I really love you. You really love me. But at the same time, you should not be together. Right. At all. Yeah, it's like an oil and water thing yeah. here with these two. Right. For sure. Um, now, Brian, you brought up an interesting uh, thing that I'd like to make sure we hit on at the end about a parallel with these two that I thought okay. was an interesting angle. 
Um, now, Addie and Zach were both 28. They have this huge fight on October 5th, 2006 at their infamous apartment at 826 North Rampart Street in New Orleans. I thought this was interesting. The apartment is actually above a voodoo spiritual temple, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of wacky. You think about the whole ghosts in New Orleans and its rich history of that kind of stuff. And if you watch some of the para- paranormal shows they did here, they really play up on that whole on angle. The er, Big dude, time. A lot of the stuff I was like looking up yeah. all played up on the voodoo stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that stuff to me gets a little hokey. I do find the paranormal stuff interesting, but to a degree. This just seemed very hokey. Um, it seemed like an angle to just kind of, you know, glom oh, onto yeah, something. Yeah, how are we going to make this a better story? Yeah, make it an attraction. Um, now, when he murders Addie, uh, the police believe they have the details correct from the suicide note that he leaves and evidence left behind at the apartment. And among the stuff they find at the apartment, uh, a five-page note explains most of the gruesome details from Zach. So really... Really nasty stuff here. So let's back up a second um, when he jumps, because we started this story out with him jumping and the police showing up. But there's a part of this, and Chris, you alluded to this, very interesting way this whole thing unfolds. So in that book I mentioned, um, he tells a story from the perspective of one of the guys that played in this Latin dance band who was actually at the bar performing that night where he was at the yeah, see, La Riviera. Book, so I, yeah, okay. And um, the band saw him at the bar. He's 6'10", so he's, he's hard to miss. Yeah, he's a giant. He's there all day drinking because they're setting up and then they play. But it was a Tuesday, so it was kind of slow. So right. they were packing up early. They see him leave the bar and he kept going outside. It was like a, a pool out there. Yeah, there was a pool and there was a... And a, a balcony. The balcony. It's like above the parking garage and everything. Yeah. yeah, and he kept going out there and coming back and going out there, coming back. Anyway, the bartender tells him he stiffed him on the on the tab. You, well, that's what the bartender was worried about. He's yeah. like, oh, wait, hold on. This motherfucker's sneaking around, like, looking, right. trying he's to Right, he's going to take off. He's not going to pay his tab. Right, and so these guys are kind of looking out, and then all of a sudden... Uh, Joey, this is when this shit gets crazy um, because this is not like most suicide, or I'm sorry, like most suicides, a very deliberate yeah. act. I mean, anybody that knows anyone that has done this, it's usually oh, they just do it. very deliberate. Yeah. There is no question that that's he what they wanted that to point do. That- it was all done for him. It was going to come to a head. He had already written the letters. Right. I mean, the note in his pocket that you don't walk around with that in your pocket for weeks while you contemplate. Right. No, <laughs> not at all. Literally weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so he walks out to the pool again. You said, Chris, the roof overlooking the parking deck. He looks up at the sky, walks back and forth, and exactly 830, he jumps off the fifth floor to his death below. They said his hips were twisted in a weird position, so it wasn't like a bloody mess, but he was obviously dead, but, crumpled no, he up. he hard enough, like, there was no real blood flow at all. No. He was he just, mangled. Though. Yeah, he was pretty mangled up from the fall. But when they go through his pockets looking for ID, they find a note. It says, police only, and a key. Um, now, Brian, the note was very simple. Um, I can't imagine being one of those cops and you find this note very eerie. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the 
like you said, we began at the end, but now they're kind of just like, all right, this is the beginning of some crazy shit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the note says, this is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one that I took. If you send the patrol to 826 North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge, along with full documentation on the both of us and a full signed confession from myself. The keys in my right front pocket are for the gates. Call Leo Watermeyer to let you in. Zach Bowen. So, Joey, I don't know how fucked up that is uh, to get a note like that. And this is the part of the story that really changed things. You know, yeah. you've heard of suicides before, murder yeah. suicides, but holy shit, that's a lot to take in in a few short sentences, Well, and man. of course, there's always the, the consideration before they find everything that, okay, this, is, this isn't this is what joke, it is. A joke, right. But at the same time, you know this dude just killed himself, so he just gave you an MO, so why you have no reason not to really believe you're going to find something. Yeah, know? oh yeah, definitely. Now, Brian, I can't imagine, you know, what the cop's reaction had to be in the apartment. I know you. we talked about, like, with Dahmer, mm -hmm. you know, and Gacy, these were things, like, you had no idea. Right. Here, they're going into it, fearing the worst, because he tells them what's in there. But, like you just said, Joey, there's probably a wonder of, is this bullshit, or is he exaggerating, yeah. or whatever. But what do you think, Brian? But, I mean... Even if you take it at face value and, and you say that is what we're going to find, I don't know that reading words on a page can prepare you for no. what you're actually right. going to see. Yeah. I don't think so, man, because this I is mean, really bad. I think, I mean, all of us, I mean, we look at, this, at the props you got around here and stuff, and if they were real, yeah, they would affect you in a different way, I think. But, I mean, even oh, if yeah. you know, all right, I'm stepping into a room and yeah. I'm going to see yeah. dismembered body parts. Yeah. Right. I don't think you prepare for that. I don't think I don't no. care how not I prepare. I don't know how you prepare. I, I think initial shock is more. Oh yeah. Because like right. if you're walking around and you walk into the barn and you find a girl gutted like a deer in right. Ed Gaines' property and you're not expecting nothing in your life like that, holy fuck! Right, right. right. No, it's fucked. Right. But, but regardless, especially because I'm sure that this scene for almost any of the officers that responded, yeah. that was not something they'd ever no, seen you're before. Not, no. you've never seen that. And <laughs> no. like, and like we were talking about, you could see it and you can know literally, I am going to see this. Yeah, yeah. But until your eyes see it, you're not registered. No, and it was fucking crazy because he basically fucking you know gave them a uh, a fucking whole conversation between his letter between the walls and right. between his fucking and the, yeah, the whole layout yeah. of he, what he he's did. A, yeah he's like right. taking you on a fucking a trip yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so fucking crazy now the landlord uh leo watermeyer he was of course shocked when he let the police uh where he talked to the police and they told him what was going on he told him he didn't believe that uh that you know that that had happened but he lets him in uh, he had let the air conditioner run on full blast to probably hide the smell. At like uh, 60 degrees. Yeah. yeah. Like it was cold as fuck in that It apartment. was like hanging meat type of deal yeah. in there. Right. Uh, cigarette butts and beer cans littered the apartment. Um, sounds like you might have been. The Shawbacks might have been there partying, Chris. Is that... What? <laughs> I've never so... done no weird shit like that before, bro. Spray-painted messages on the wall. Uh, please oh. call my wife. I love her. I'm a total failure. Look in the oven, all this weird shit. And on the ceiling above his bed, he spray painted, please help me stop the pain. 
uh, which is just fucked up because you think he's looking at that every night after he killed her, which had been about a week. Yeah. So, my God, I mean, just really gruesome stuff. Uh, his autopsy would show 28 burn wounds on his body where he claims he burned himself with a cigarette for every day every day, every day for he was each alive year. yeah that yeah. was fucking weird dude i saw that yeah that's like, really fucking crazy 20. yeah dude, i've only got one cigarette burn on my arm and it's big yeah i mean that's got to be painful but this is just a guy in obviously obviously you know just free fall um he had been you know on a serious bender knowing that the end was near he quits his job Takes his last fifteen hundred bucks to party, go to strip clubs, live it up the best he could before he knows he's gonna kill himself. I mean, Chris, I mean now, if you're gonna go out, you're gonna go out with a bang, that's for sure. All I'm saying is I know this was like a long time ago. Cause fifteen hundred dollars. I was gonna say, what's that a couple hours at the strip club? Like that's like that ain't nothing right now. Like fifteen hundred dollars, I'm like done in three hours. Yeah, I like yeah. Well, game he, over. He said the last thing he wanted in his life was was good good food, good strippers, and good drugs. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what he said. <laughs> so he's just like, all about fuck that. Yeah, dude. Now there's a large silver arrow painted on the wall that points toward the oven. Yeah. Uh, the police opened the oven door and found a foil turkey pan with Addie's legs in it, charred from being cooked. Uh, right. On the stove, they found a deep cooking pot, and inside it, her hair floating, head. Yeah, and dude. her head inside under the water. Dude, and the stuff they put on the stove, like he put on the stove, like was seasoned and everything. Oh, yeah. Like potatoes cut up and everything. Like, this dude's shit, like, ready to eat. They said the skull was burned beyond recognition. Yeah. They couldn't even fucking tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. Her hands and feet were in another pot. In the refrigerator, they found the rest of her torso in a black garbage bag. Um, He would claim that he was cooking her to separate the meat from the bone, probably to get rid of the body easier. Um, He said he never ate her, uh, but of course the rumors, uh, you know, kind of flying around. But later they did an autopsy and they did not find that he ate any of her. Right, but but I mean, I I understand why people would say like, yeah, yeah. he cooked her here, but at the same time. I understand, like, he's like, I just fucked up royally. I got to fix this. Right. I got to peel the meat off the bone. I get it. Yeah. I understand. But at the same time, it's like, okay, cook the body so you can dispose of it easier. I understand right. that. Right. Why add the potatoes and carrots? Yeah. Exactly. Unless Why there was the somewhere in your mind you were thinking for a second. Right. Like, you know, maybe, yeah. you, maybe right. you did it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's what just weird. Bitch, wonder what this bitch thigh tastes like. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Right, because what's the dude in England that Nilsson, the one yeah. that was putting him down the toilet? Yeah. You know, that was to get rid of the bodies, like, legit. You know, this seems clogged up the like whole you said, hey, yeah, hey, you know we're, we're He's here. on the list. That's yeah, going to no, be a he good one. clogged up the whole, the whole apartment, apartment complex. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? Like, it's like fuck? 2 in the morning, and this plumber's out there, and you're like, what the fuck? You know, yeah, you're trying to go to sleep. ground up human meat. They just ask him. They're like, do you know why we're here? Yeah, I'd imagine those bodies down there. Yeah. So Zach's own five-page note he left behind claims he had sex with the corpse, but police firmly deny that that happened. Joey, this is about as brutal as it gets. I cannot even imagine this. Like we said, I mean, it's one thing to read about it. 
It's another thing to psych yourself up for, and yeah. it's another thing to open an oven door yeah. and see some woman's legs in a friggin' foil pan right. burning. I mean, what the hell, dude? I always wondered, because I've never seen any of the transcripts from, like, the confession that he left, you know, documenting everything that he did. And I wish right. I could see that, because it probably would open up a little bit more. Oh, I'm sure. Kill Five some of the pages. Because right. I, I was under the impression that he had had sex with the body multiple times i was too because i and so i didn't know that that you know after checking the body they can tell that shit yeah they say it never happened but there were a lot of because he said it himself that he did right so i I saw something about uh his uh letters or whatever like Mm -hmm. after violating the corpse okay so what about this though because he's partying so hard and he's doing all these good drugs. Oh, and did all he imagine coke. he did no, that? No, I was thinking maybe he cooked the food, but he wasn't hungry because he's so geeked out, so he didn't oh. eat it. And then he tried to fuck her, but he couldn't get his dick hard because he was so geeked up, too. <laughs> I don't know. So dude. maybe it was shit he wanted to do and he never Word. got it. I don't know. Word. I don't I know, you, man. I got you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, very, very messed up. Um, now, Joey, the me- or Brian, the media jumped on, the course, the gruesome nature of this. Right. Which is obviously why we're talking about this, because this is a gruesome story. And what is it? I know we've talked about this before. Right. What is it about the really gruesome, the Geens, the the Gacy's, the Dahmer stories that just seem to grab hold of people and really get them fired up? I think a lot of it is when you see most of these people. And, and I mean, going back to Eddie, everybody said, you know, he was a babysitter. He babysitter, you know, the, everybody trusted him with the yeah. kids. I think it's how normal they are and then you find out what they're capable of right right? and it's just i think that i think that's our biggest fascination is that you can't judge anybody by what they look like you can't i mean some guys that you think look like oh he's that dude's got to killed 100 people (laughs) oh yeah and he you know he volunteers at the (laughs) house for the blind or something right right just the nicest guy in the world right I think a lot of our fascination has to do with how normal they are, yeah, and how we can we can have thoughts about some of this shit, but we we can't we don't do act it. on it. Yeah. yeah, we we have a conscience and we can't flip yeah. that switch like these guys. Yeah, I mean can. we've got our two year coming up. Uh, next, our next episode is two weeks from now, and we're doing Albert Fish. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that just kind of blended in, yeah. With the scenery, I mean, nobody would have looked at that dude exactly. and thought he was doing the stuff he was doing. It just they blend in, right, with the scenery, and that's what makes them so shocking. To the those to me are the most frightening. The Richard Chase, yeah, when and they, some of those goofballs, well, yeah, uh, Dusseldorf, mean, you know, or the vampire Dusseldorf. I mean, these are like right, freaks, you know. Right. So they really stand out as like you would expect that, but it's the right. ones like you said, Brian, that you don't yeah. expect that look like the guy. You know, mowing his grass next I mean, door that are I mean, freaky Jeffrey to me. Cash, like you know, they're out there guy. killing shit. Like, oh, I expect that. Yeah, I mean, Gacy, <laughs> Gacy's out yeah. there throwing barbecues for the yeah. neighbors all the time. Politician. He might know. be a little loud. He might be a little flamboyant. So you might think, all right, maybe this guy does like little boys. Right. But you don't think he's no. killing them and keeping them in his basement. Right. right? Yeah, so. That's John from the block, you know, yeah, throwing exactly. a party. You know, <laughs> exactly. He's a good guy. You know? Exactly. John from the block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to so anyway uh what was the cause of zach's violent outburst and gruesome killings and dismemberment i mean i don't know i don't know if we'll ever really know um 
you know, as we mentioned, you know, he suffered from PTSD. I think that played a major part. I also think that years of alcohol and drug abuse yeah. definitely fueled yeah. the, you know, the fire. But I Why also you guys think got to break my balls. <laughs> <laughs> that Addie uh, and her nature and the way she was toward him definitely didn't help. And all of this going on in his head, I think he just fucking snapped. I think that just the note basically said that that he wrote. He strangled her quickly one night around midnight, and after a couple of days at work with her rotting in the apartment, he knew he had to do something with the body. So I think it uh, it started there. Now, Chris, did you see anything about the murder? I thought this was very interesting, of a young woman named Jaron Lockhart. Uh, there was a woman, Margaret Sanchez, who was friends with Addie Hall, and after the Addie... Addie's murder, Margaret Sanchez and her boyfriend killed this young woman, uh, Jaron Lockhart, chopped up the body and disposed of it in the Gulf of Mexico. So what the fuck? I mean, she obviously I, learned I, a little something from what happened to Addie. I'm not going to lie. That really does recall my memory a little bit. But then I've been watching some other shit, too. Yeah. So sometimes, like, oh, what yeah. I'm watching and what I'm doing... Get They're similar up. enough. I'm like, oh, oh, I know. Fuck. We've done stories where I've gotten confused before, but I don't know if any of you guys had seen that. Uh -uh. There's a news story about this um, uh, this woman and uh, the Jaron Lockhart, and that's where they tie in the Zach and Addie wow. story because the friend of Addie's was the one that killed him, mm. killed the woman, and chopped her no up. Shit. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, now I didn't no, watch. I didn't see that. Yeah, I mean it's it's something I'd never heard of until I was doing some final research and stumbled on it on YouTube. Hmm. I didn't watch any of the paranormal shows. Um, uh, there are quite a few I saw out there. There's a paranormal ghost tour. I know one of our listeners mentioned. Oh yeah, the house where they uh, the apartment yeah. where they lived above the fucking voodoo shop. Yeah, there's there's YouTube videos of that tour. I've seen them out there. No, there's a lot of them. Yeah. I haven't watched any of them because I'm like, eh. Yeah, it seems and, a little silly. Did Did you see any of them? No, no. They've got. It's kind of bullshit. Like I didn't go there whenever I went down to New Orleans in like 2014. I right. wish I would have. It's super cheesy though. Like they have like the Bride of Chucky and Tiffany oh, dolls in there, and they've got like blood splatters on the wall. Like oh, wow. really, it's really cheesed weak. out. Yeah, and that's why I said that was the first time I heard about it was because they were talking about fascination with oh, true crime and, okay. and how they just took this story and made it into what they wanted it to be in New Orleans, right? Scarefest. Hey. Oh sure, you know, and like you said, adding they want to put voodoo into it. If yeah, the could. voodoo and, stuff makes it a little sexy. Yeah, no, but you, know? you can see, like Chris said, you can see tours of it, and it's like. Like, it's cheesy. Like, I would still right. see it just because it's the house. Right, right. Holy but at fuck. the same time, it's like weak as Yeah, fuck. I can't remember who the lady was that bought it, but yeah, she really... It, people were not happy with oh, wow. how she portrayed all that. So it's not true to voodoo. <laughs> so it's not... Right. Right, so, Brian said, so it's not yeah. true to So voodoo. the landlord eventually rents oh, it yeah. out. I thought it was a funny. Another stripper moved in there. So I'm like, really? So uh, there is a movie... Uh, called Zack and Addie that was done. I tried to watch it on every platform I could find. I was not able to watch it. There is a trailer, though, but I could not see the actual movie. Uh, it looks very interesting. I would like to check it out. So if anybody listening stumbles on how to watch it, I'd love to know. Get a hold of us. Uh, the book I mentioned, Shake the Devil Ooh. Off, is very good. Uh, I would like to finish reading it. I read about 80% of it. I tried to finish it, but uh, it's just hard to keep up with all this stuff. 
strongly suggest that if you like the story, check that book out. I uh, did see a few interviews with the author, Ethan Brown, uh, talking about the story. Uh, he lived in New Orleans with his wife for years while researching the story. I thought it was funny, too. The first time they took their cab ride in New Orleans, the taxi driver's uh, taxi uh, license number was 666. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, That's great. Some have accused him for being too sympathetic to Zach. Some of the family members of Addie Hall are pretty unhappy about it. Um, explaining, I mean, I can understand that. Like, I get I it. I could, like, too. murdered and dismembered her and then killed himself like a pussy. But at the same time, his head was weird. I give them props. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is I don't see anything wrong with an author explaining why the guy did what he did. I don't know if that means that you're okaying it by any stretch. But at the same time, like you said, they're they're explaining this was this guy's mental process. Yeah, because in the book, they get really into the military stuff because they feel, or the author feels, that's where a lot of it comes from. And I have no doubts about that. Yeah. And then after the whole thing, after Katrina, when, like, you got, this is life again. Right. Because, like, after you've been in the military that long in the desert, survival. Right. And then once this catastrophe happens right survival right that's your life sure sure so i get it uh there were a couple of short videos on youtube that i watched a few podcasts some were tough to listen to uh there was some good articles though that i read uh the one that i used a lot for this podcast was on historicmysteries.com i thought was really good a few listeners pointed out on our facebook page that they were really familiar with this story and were really interested to hear us do this so I hope that they liked it. I hope you guys out there listening, comment and let us know if you think we did it justice. Chris, is there anything you wanted to add to this story? Anything that we didn't touch on that you want to bring up? All I got to say is keep your mental status right. Yeah. If you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for other sure. than that, kill if you need to kill. Fuck I it. I guess. <laughs> Brian, anything you want to say before we move on? Because we're going to talk about the Dark History Convention, because, of course, right. that's where we know you from. Uh, that's coming up in October in Champaign. We're definitely pumped, and we're going to get into all of that when we get into some mayhem a little bit did later. Did you want to bring up that parallel he was talking Oh, yes, about? I did. Yes, thanks, Joey. Brian, you had a really interesting angle on this. I want to see if you could give us a little... Sh- condensed version of what you think sure is an interesting parallel to the story of zach bowen well i thought of another one while we were talking about it that would actually fit a little bit more into the music aspect too and that'd be you know the sid and nancy uh oh yeah that is a really good but my original one that i was thinking of is uh eric harrison dylan klebold the shooters from columbine if any of the listeners have uh read dave cullen's book titled simply columbine and some other folks that have uh, talked about it. Dylan was clearly a depressive person, and most likely everybody feels like he either would have gotten through that stage in his life and gone on, or he would have probably committed suicide. Right. They don't think he would have become homicidal without the spark that was Eric Harris. Eric has been studied to be almost everybody agrees that he was a pure psychopath yeah so i think the combination of the two right you got the outcome that you got right i wonder if if zach might have just gone through life being a depressive 
maybe lived out a full life. Sure. But quite possibly ended his life alone with, I mean, no notoriety at all. Right. If you didn't add that spark that was Addie Hall. I, the more we talked about it and throughout the whole no, episode. I, I understand what you're you saying. You know, I was thinking about the depression underlying, but I, I also wonder a little bit about uh, some schizophrenia, too. Yeah, I mean, what you guys know about schizophrenia, it doesn't it doesn't uh, really manifest till you're in your mid twenties. Right, twenty eight. Sure. I think that would explain a lot of the writing on the walls. Sure. Obviously, the dismemberment. I mean, right. Yeah, that's that a kind whole of stuff. Lot, that's fits, a whole yeah. Lot. yeah. Yeah. You wonder if there was a lot more going on so there I than think, even what I we know Zach about. Had, I think Zach definitely had some mental issues. I guarantee without you had the PTSD. No, without you throw that on the top. Yeah, without the PTSD. Just, just a, a well, then you add the unreality of abusing drugs hardcore, too. Exactly. Right. And I mean, right. all these things. A lot of meth. This is like the perfect <laughs> storm, I think. Just so many different things thrown right. in. The drugs, yeah. the alcohol, the, the bad, you know, mate just there that was just freaking over the top. Yeah. You know, the the military, the childhood, the divorce. I mean, just keep piling stuff on top, right. and I think you just fucking snapped. And I think you, I mean, you mentioned Richard Chase earlier. Yeah. There, there's some Richard Chase elements there, oh, Zach, yeah. if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, doesn't want people, I mean, Chase clearly schizophrenic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, right. But, but then he's he was also doing some drugs, and he was, you know, right. but some of his was That's trying true. to self-medicate, and he was just but, trying to figure himself out. Right. Also in his own head, he was exactly. like, everything is cool. Well, also, yeah. you, you look at his scribblings and shit, like his scribblings on the wall, you know, stop me or help me or whatever. Yeah, like William those, Byron. Those right. were yeah. like, but, but his um, were, Zach Mowen's were like directed at himself, like he was looking at it, he was, talking to himself right. where you got son of sam where he was writing it on the fucking walls he was trying to tell the cops or somebody like help stop me. me find right. me and help me where zach bone right. i think he was like talking to himself talking like, to him. right exactly yeah. like, exactly this to an end. i was gonna yeah. say that's okay. where i think some of that schizophrenia stuff that yeah there's just agree. stuff that we obviously we yeah we think, don't know but that's yeah i think that's very boy, there's possible a lot of elements pointing that way yeah very interesting discussion gentlemen uh, now, next time, we're going to be featuring some bonus content. Um, since I'm going to be getting married on Saturday, Woo-hoo. pretty crazy. Uh, that will be April 4th, 2020. Jenny and I will be getting married here at the house. <sighs> we were going to be at a park. It ain't quite 420. But we, uh, we were supposed <laughs> to be at a park. But because of this fucking pandemic, it's changed about I mean, 15 times. I mean, how many times. people are going through getting married during the COVID? Yeah, just said fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, since Illinois is under the state, home director we had to do some changes but anyway big bad hogs barbecue doing the food uh check those guys out if you're in the bloomington illinois or central illinois area if you need an event catered uh, as you know they did our 50th podcast party that was awesome and my son's wedding so they really really do a good job big mike and uh, the guys just fucking awesome so well, I can hear that intro music faintly in the background. Chugga, chugga, motherfucker. I think it's probably CK, the great metal motherfucker. It's his birthday and all. Chris going to be cocky as a motherfucker. Yeah, dude. So, Brian, what the hell do we need to do, man? Let's get our metal on! Known the world over as the master of metal, the crusher of posers, and murder metal mayhem's knower of all things metal, Hailing from Wild Man Street in Danbury, Connecticut, standing at six feet of brutal, punishing madness, weighing in at 220 pounds of 
poser pulverization. The one, the only, toughest bastard on the planet, Chris C.K. Kovic! Alright, got the great metal motherfucker, kinda. We're doing some really whacked out shit here. Can't get him on messenger. Got him on a cell phone on fucking speaker. And somehow going to make this work. Uh, what's going on, CK? I don't know, man. Things are fucked up. Yeah, Apparently. Things are really fucked up right now. Definitely. Uh, but good to have you on. Uh, we got Brian Ward here from the Dark History Convention. And, of course, Joey Gormonger. Ow. Ooh, we got a full house. In yeah. Horns High, yeah, we do have a full house, and it is your fucking birthday, man. We've got something yes. we're going to yes, do here for you in a Happy second. Happy birthday, brother. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, CK. Happy birthday to you. How about that, that the, dude? That's the best happy birthday song anybody's ever there seen. You go. <laughs> it's like the fucking Cookie Monster mint fucking Oscar the Grouch or some shit, I don't know, in a back alley. Yeah. Hail Satan. All right. Well, fuck yeah, CK. This is weird. We're doing this the way we're doing this, so we're going to make the best of it. You're going to talk about Exhorter tonight. I know that uh, that's who you're going to be uh, doing uh, this evening. Is that correct? Uh, yes, it's going to tie into your murder segment a little. So yeah, right. for it's sure. Exhorter, not 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 hoarder, not oh, exhorter, hoarder, not present <laughs> hoarder, exhorter, exhorter, not past, not present, ex. <laughs> All right, no, I got you, dude. <laughs> All right, so X Order started in 85. They're from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, at that time, not too many metal bands out of Louisiana. And still today, no, there's a few. There, you know, you got um, X Order, Crowbar, a um, couple other ones, um, Goat Whore. But um, at the at the time, there was like no bands in New Orleans who did what they did with the thrash. Which eventually turned into a groove-oriented um, sound that um, Pantera stole. Pantera stole. He straight up said it. He's like, you know that. You know what? Pantera stole that shit. Like, I mean, they pretty much admitted it. I mean, it's yeah, not they even that they're trying it. to hide yeah, it. Like, you know? like, no, X Hoarder was the shit. This is what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'll get, I'll get to that at the end, but um. I just figured I'd throw it out there now. What, yeah. where's all, hey, who has all the platinum records, though, CK? That's right. Yeah, well, if um, Exhorter had major label backing, maybe they did too. They would too. And <laughs> maybe, but they gave up. <laughs> and, and I love they're, they're, at the, they're at the right place at the right time. Yeah, and you know damn well, You know damn well if they were in, if they came out in '87 with that sound, yeah. they would they would have been just. In with everybody else. Yeah, they should have stuck with it instead of being drug addicts and falling off the place of the the face yeah. of the earth. Nobody likes heroin filling <laughs> Selmo. <laughs> but that's just my humble opinion. No, I, I hear you though. I hear you though. Um 
Actually, I can actually hear Joey better now than I do usually. So than usually, that's, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> this shit's fucked. He's sitting. He's sitting closer to Chris though, too, yeah, right now. The way the we get this set up. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Chris likes that. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, and we're not okay. six feet apart, so suck our dick. That's right. <laughs> yeah, what we are going against happened? every fucking thing we're not supposed to do right now. All right, so it's order um from New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely so I, i'm definitely social distancing yeah for sure <laughs> um so they came out of new orleans recorded a few demos um were eventually signed to roadrunner records in like 89 released their first studio album slaughter in the vatican in 90 um great thrash album great sound um very controversial um, cover. If you ever look at it, take a look at it. It's kind of controversial. And that could be one of the reasons why Pantera got bigger than they were. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they um, album did pretty well. They got a little bit of a cult following. Um, two years later, they released um, a more what was called a groove-oriented album. Um, still, still a thrash element in 92, um, The Law. Um, some people say that um, if Exhorter had major backing for, for this album, they would have probably went wide open and probably would have been as popular or more popular as Pantera. Or who knows? Pantera may not may have been popular. Who knows? But... You know, <clears throat> they broke up soon after that, and um, so was the. I, I'm not a. I've never known X Order very long, other than the past few years, and people talking about like, no, Pantera took that away from X Order. Yeah, the album much. you're talking about was it that badass? It was a good album. Both albums were great. Yeah, both of them are great. The new one's great. I th- yeah, I the new one's the, killer. I think they're better than anything Pantera put out. And again, I'm not ragging on Pantera. It's not, it's not that I don't I don't hate Pantera. I like Pantera. I just think they were entirely overrated band. Right. Okay. I, I, think, I, I know I, a lot I, of people I, that are like that, too. I, I know people I think, think that about Kiss, too. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I definitely know people that think that about Kiss. Oh yeah, God, that goes. I, back. I know two people. I know two people um, right now will probably think that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, they broke up in '94, so he never released a quote third album in that time frame. Um, in 2008, they did reunite, begun writing um, new material. Um. They started playing out a little bit more. And again, in 2010, um, they broke up. And who knows why they just broke up and nobody heard anything from them until um, really 2017. Have you ever seen underground metal bands? They all break up for some <laughs> dumbass reason. I mean, like yeah. legit, like underground metal bands is just like, Oh, we're not playing anything anymore because 
this dude's old lady's having a baby. <laughs> Fuck this band. Like, no, no. And that, that's real shit that happens, though. Right. Like, yeah. it's real shit that happens. Hence why I give Cashman over here props for fucking one man, like, I don't got to worry about that bullshit. Right. Well, what's he got to do? Break up with himself? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've seen it happen. <laughs> like, shit, I hate me. <laughs> um, but 2017, they reunited. Um, they actually did a couple shows where they performed both albums live, um, full albums live. And um, at that time, it wasn't the original band. It was two-fifths of of the band. It was um, Kyle Thomas, who was the original vocalist, um, Vinny LaBella, the original guitarist, and the new members were Jason V. Brooks and Sasha Horn on drums. Um, they started demoing new material. Um, Nuclear Blast heard it, signed them. And what was it, last year? 2019 i know i was in the hospital so it had to be like august because that that's when it came out i was in the hospital for like those five weeks i remember that that's when the album came out and um at that time i could only listen to it on my phone but um i knew as soon as i listened to it that this album was fucking killer and anybody who had any doubts where pantera got their sound from you listen to that album and you could clearly hear where Pantera got their sound from, you know. We seen them in September, and the album was out then. So yeah, that makes sense. August. Yeah, we saw them at FTA, dude, and it was like the the most ridiculous yeah. shit ever, dude. Like X Order was badass, bro. Yeah, I've never seen them live, but I heard they're they're a killer band live. Um, I know Vinny Labella left the band this year. Um, they got a new guitarist, Marcy Montessari. And um, hopefully they're going to put out another another album because that, that, that album was, was, was killer. You know, now we got to get to the, um, the controversy, you know. Obviously, you know, obviously Phil and Selma was from Louisiana. So obviously, he he was influenced by Exhorter, which even is even more crazy because if you think about it, he probably influenced the sound more than Dimebag Daryl did. Who Phil? I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Phil even wrote some of their riffs, like Walk and stuff. He wrote those. Right. Guitars. Yeah. Because because Phil came out like he played all that black yeah. metal and yeah. everything, dude. He just loved that all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because before that, they weren't, um, they were a poser band. Yeah, they were the power first, metal. The first three albums, <laughs> then, the, then the one where Phil and Selma, right before Cowboys, um, was when the sound changed. Yeah. And obviously, in my opinion, and Selma was heavily influenced by Exhorter, and I don't want to say stole the sound, but definitely heavily influenced by the sound of Exhorter. And, um, you know, if Exhorter had the, the, the major label backing that, that Pantera had, like I said, it could have been the other way around. Who knows? It totally right. could have been. I understand what you're saying with the other label. 
it, it kind of sucks that when like bands that are that badass have to rely on a label though right and like well, back not, then, like like can we just make music and make our fucking music back back then you know the label either you either made or break you if you didn't get any um backing and no promotion forget about it you're done yeah nobody cared well that's just like you know still to this day within metal community am i wrong uh somewhat but yeah labels i, I think today, i think like today it's more yeah labels ain't like they gonna, used to be now they're just like oh it, it's, it's more do it yourself and you yeah. don't need a major label to put yeah, you an just need the you distro yourself, really yeah. and the tour support that's yeah. about it yeah yeah that's it I'll tell you where I first you know. heard. When I first heard Exorder, wasn't from their albums. I didn't get the albums till after, but I heard them on the At Death's Door compilation. And I oh, was like, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. They played one of the songs off Slider of the Vatican. I can't remember now, but I was like, and, man, that shit's awesome. And it's, Bought both. It's impossible to find those two those two albums. I got both the cassettes if you want to buy them, CK. Special. Uh, <laughs> no, it ain't vital, but it's no, cassette. <laughs> no, I, I, I got. Um, I got both cds plus i got the um reissue that i think they did in early 2000 with both cds in the same package yeah yeah remastered by roadrunner but now you can't you you look online you're talking about a couple hundred bucks oh yeah for sure but um definitely band i i dig you know and again i'm not saying i don't like pantera i just you just know where you know you just know that like this band was the same band but before. Yeah, they were heavily, heavily, heavily influenced by Gormonger stole his influence from Impetigo. I'm gonna put that out right now. And Cannibal Corpse and Dying Fetus. So. I'm a big poser too. Yeah, yeah. Like I just fucking these bands made my life. Dude, if you're gonna sit there and act like if you're in a band and that you're not influenced by a ton of other things. Right. You're definitely wrong. Yeah, but I think exactly, with these exactly. guys, Joey, yeah. it's even like his guitar tone. Like yeah. it sounds like yeah. Dimebag listened to this dude and dialed in his tone to make it sound yeah. like that. I mean, it even to me at least, and I didn't know anything about the comparison between them and Pantera. Yeah. I just listened to them and said, wow, this sounds just like Pantera. And right. then that's when CK told me about this whole thing. Right. It, so I knew nothing can, about it, and I picked it out yeah. right away, you know. Try try to go back and see if you could um, find Pantera's earlier stuff. Yeah, the hair metal His tone stuff. sounds nothing like that. No. No, I, I so, think that's you know, a lot of it. Because a lot of the Pantera sound is Dimebag's tone, which is wicked. But when you hear the dude from X Order, I mean, yeah. that's where it came no, from. It sounds thing. just exactly. like it. Exactly. It's like, that's To me, metal. I mean, I think it sounds a lot like it. So The tone's there, but he ain't had the riffs that Dime had. As a guitarist, I'm saying there ain't no way that I would pick X Order's guitarist over Dimebag, but just as a musician. Right, because he, he had that fucking goddamn. Like you said, the riffs. Yeah. The tone, yeah. yes. But at the yeah. same time, Dime just like did his thing. He's like, dun, 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 like but see, that's what's it. so hard for me is because I never compared those two bands really. Growing up in the 90s, there wasn't the comparison there. It wasn't right. until later that right. everybody brought all that up. You know? Right. Right. Interesting. Well, very cool. Uh, anything else on Exhorter, CK, before we move into um, your next? That That's pretty much it for Exhorter. I mean, um, I'm excited about your Lost Classic, CK. Are you really? Yes. You big like, time. Uh, well, since since um, Joey mentioned it, the <laughs> Lost Classic today is Mother Love Bone Apple. 
fuck yeah. Yeah, no, Kevin's saying he's talking about Mother Love Bone. I'm fascinated. And uh, if if nobody knows who Mother Love Bone is, they were pre Pearl Jam. Yep. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but they they're a totally different sound. I mean, they were kind of like a. I don't want to say like a Guns N' Roses type of, of hard rock metal. Um, I like Guns N' Roses but, more than I like fucking Pearl Jam. Yeah, for sure. But um, Andrew Wood was definitely a charismatic lead singer for that band. Um, and the band included Jeff I met for Pearl Jam and um, Mike McCready. I think it was Mike McCready. I could be wrong. No, Stone Gossard. I'm sorry. Stone Gossard. It was Stone Gossett, I'm sorry. But um yeah, funny thing is, CK. is 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 if mm-hmm. Andrew Wood never never died, where would that leave Pearl Jam? Would have Mother Love Bone been as big as, as Pearl Jam? Right. And um that 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 album Apple is just a a great hard rock metal what what do you want to call it? I don't care what you call it, but it's just a great album with some great songs and um you know, it's a band. It's a band I dug. That's cool. Very cool. Well, that's always good to get a lost classic, something that you dig out of your collection, and uh, say, "Hey, go check this out." Some good right. stuff coming. Yeah, this CK classic, like fucking, let's fuck shit up, bro. Now, speaking of fucking I, I, shit up, <laughs> people could join that six 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 club. We've had some new members here, so uh, if you're not in the six 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 club, then you're missing out. Uh, go to patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem and for three bucks a month you can get some great content vip access discounts on merch karaoke songs as soon as they're done and all that good shit so join the 666 club uh any other uh, metal news ck i know we got a lot of coronavirus shit going on with bands and stuff I, i just saw today gary holt did have um was, oh, he was did? diagnosed okay. with coronavirus. Okay, but he's, but he's doing okay, though. Now. Um, Chuck Billy, I understand his wife are, are pretty much um, getting better. And then I found out Steve DiGiorgio has it. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah, he just found out he has it. So, Jesus. Um, and and as far as I know, Will Carroll from Death Angels on a ventilator, so I don't know. I heard that. Wow. You know, how, how well he's doing, hopefully, you know. He pulls through. I know the original guitars from Riot. Um, died Louis, from I forget it. his last. His yeah, last he name, died but from he, um, it. He Joe died Diffie from, yeah. died. Yeah, Joe Diffie yeah. too. Damn. Oh, fuck Joe Diffie. This is not. <laughs> <Fuck Joe Diffie. laughs> <laughs> Probably up beside the jukebox when I die. Now, Joe, you get some distro. You're doing uh, pretty hot now, even with the coronavirus going on. You're yeah, still doing your distro. Uh, as far as uh, what I'm doing right now, um, I, I don't want to bring up HOI too long. It's still a go right now, but we know that's probably not going to happen, so I'm probably going to reschedule. But what I am doing a lot more of right now is with the uh with the fuck the ass records distro um look it up fta records with a z on facebook check out my merch list i've got all kinds of stuff get you some new shit shit to listen to while you're fucking stuck at home doing nothing that's right that's right support the underground yeah fuck yeah Yeah, purchase some metal from joey yes nice 
Nice. I also do have a new uh, CD, and since we've been sitting in a quarantine-ish yeah. area, I've actually gotten pretty far on that, and only have a couple songs left. So awesome, dude. Not bad. Awesome. Very cool. Always good to hear about what Goremonger's got going <laughs> on, and so very cool. I think we've done plenty of plenty of metal wait, education. Wait, wait. There's, there's, there's one more thing. Go ahead, dude. Go ahead. King Dime is re-releasing oh, Fatal Portrait on, on CD and um yes. final and, and Abigail. Yeah, it's going back to it's going back to the old remasters. Oh wow. So that's awesome. Not, it's not a remaster, it's going back to original masters from eighty six and eighty seven for for the oh, make it more clean. And that are, that Remasters new- are, are a strange thing because sometimes it could, it could make it sound cleaner. I mean, all the King Diamond stuff that's remastered sounds great. Um, but there's other stuff that I got there where, where the original masters actually sound better. Right. And the remasters are just, you know, so loud that, that it clips. Some it's, are too polished, too. It's just not really what you yeah, like. Yeah, it hearing. doesn't sound real. And I'm also going to be an asshole to you and Pete. I fucking hate King Diamond. Your loss. That's right. Well, whatever. I fucking hate King Diamond. I fucking hate King Diamond. Whenever, I, whenever right. I come to visit, I'm going to bring all my King Diamond shirts. That's all I'm going yeah. to wear. I'll burn them, dude. And when he gets drunk and passes out, we'll paint him like King Diamond. That would be oh, the best. Dude, that would be like the most classy <laughs> shit in the world. Needs to that would be funny. And I said when he gets drunk and passes right. out. He it. said when, it's not, not if. Be he if. didn't say if. He said when. There's no, there's no if about that. Yeah, no. Like, when this motherfucker is down, we're fucking him up. <laughs> All right, CK. Well, we're done here in metal. So, what is next, man? We got a big one tonight. What's going on here, dude? Yeah, we're about ready to get our mayhem on. Is your anger getting the best of you? Is your fragile sanity fraying at both ends? Calls at Bowen Anger Management, a division of Benoit Anger Management. Before you go crazy, I feel myself slipping away like I want to chop her fucking head off if she won't stop talking to me. Don't lose your cool. Don't chop your girlfriend up to pieces and bake her with carrots and onions at 350 degrees for two hours. We can help. The voices are telling me to see what her flesh tastes like. Maybe I should give it a try. I like chicken. Call Bowen Anger Management today at 1-800-HUDAC-CORPS, a division of Benoit Anger Management! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> love doing those fake commercials, man. I'm not going to lie. Wow. I love the way fucking Brian's just over here laughing all the time. Yeah. Like, Brian, what'd you think fuck? of that, dude? <laughs> that was fucking awesome. <laughs> little bow and anger management. Yeah. Little division of Benoit <laughs> anger management. Those are our favorite commercials. They're so bad, they're funny, though. Oh, In an awful way. It's not something to joke about, but goddamn, it's funny. Right. 
So it's a very politically incorrect show. We continue on into the mayhem segment, probably the most disturbing uh, part of the show for that sort of thing. And so we're doing some um, mayhem here tonight. CK, you're still there. We're doing this in a very strange way, though. Yeah, and the whole and it seems to be seems to be working right now. Yeah, you're it's recording yourself me, on your end, but we're hearing you through a fucking speakerphone because something <laughs> weird happened. In the interim, CCK falls over. The scythe that was next to him falls and almost takes out Brian's daughter. Yeah. Very strange here tonight. So this it is, is definitely crack, weird. This guy over here being an asshole. Uh, yeah. It's your birthday, CK, and so apparently yes, just something's in the air here. So I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> but we're gonna keep going. And of course, before the commercial we played to Mix Hoarder, the song Hollowed Sound off the uh or Hallowed Sound after off that last album, the new one. So Brian, uh, what is the uh, latest with the Dark History Convention? I know you've got one coming up. We're excited. We've been to the last two. Yep. And we're excited to be at number three. And so what's uh, what's going on? The dates uh, this year are different, though. Yeah, October 10 and 11 this year. Okay. Um, new location as well, the I Hotel in Champaign. Yeah, that's a nice place, man. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. They're actually... Uh, can't even show pictures of what they're doing because they're building a brand new convention center that is supposed to open September 1. Oh, no oh wow. And we will have all of that. It's oh, uh, nice. a giant so Give me number one in the new shit. No, I think number two. Number, either still, whatever, dude. Still, that's that's awesome. still, yeah, I think no, we're the, that's I think badass, we're the second event there. It's uh, in the convention hall. There's room for 84 8 by 8 booths. Wow. And there is, I believe, three breakout rooms so i can have (laughs) panels i can have the movies basically everything will be in one hall but they will they'll have their own rooms that's great you know how it's been switching to get things on stage and stuff like that that'll be nice to be separated so yeah you got to figure out but when you got a way that you can put like you said a stage area this way Right. Yeah, people can actually awesome. go in there really hear what's going on exactly. instead of trying to talk over everybody else. Exactly. And I mean, so still trying to figure out if we're doing entertainment, entertainment, probably more panels, probably right. more. Uh, but but I think the uh, podcast format fits what I would call a panel anyway. I mean, oh, yeah, right. totally. It's definitely just sitting in there. You don't need a, a big stage set up. Right. PAs. Real you simple. Don't, you don't need it like it's a rock concert. Right. So. Right. So we'll have that, um, obviously, kind of the built-in uh, publicity with the I Hotel. It is a premier site, yeah, and I you mean, got, it's right you got uh, on campus. You got others that have been there in previous years coming, such as Christian St. Booth, and I haven't talked to Chris I, I, if he's I, available. Not necessarily yeah. him, but you have right previous vendors. I do have some and previous whatnot. vendors. Yeah. Um, Got a whole lot of new ones again, too, this yeah, year. Yeah, that's wait, cool. Dude, I can't really wait to see exciting. what you have coming out new. Yeah, um, what do you got? What's the kind of the rundown of some of the ones you got that you could tell us about? Um, well, we were talking earlier amongst ourselves about Kelsey Winter, Winter's Gore effects. Right. Uh, she does things similar to this. She, Her big seller, it appears to be uh, fingers. Fingers, finger yeah. Finger keychains. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I've like seen real that. fingers. That's cool. Um, the Prison Mix that does, uh, I believe that's... Lady that you know that she does uh, serial killer greeting cards. Oh for yeah, yeah, Jesse. Yeah, yeah she's a professor at ISU yeah. that Jenny works with. Oh, yeah, she yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, she's really yeah. cool. It's and her her thing is called the Prison Mix. It's it's 
old style big ass greeting cards, but they're serial killers on there yeah. for all events. Yeah, for all occasions. I can't wait for that, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I uh, I dropped one today. Uh, Merch massacre. It's another lady that does a lot of vinyl. Um, she has Christmas ornaments that have horror themes and serial killers Sweet. on there. Oh, Mugs, cool. T-shirts, buttons, pens. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Donnie coming this year. I told him to hold the date. <laughs> <laughs> and Donnie's been, you know, Donnie's made our event oh. shirts the last two years. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, Donnie's so, the man, dude. Donnie is, I mean, he and I are, as, I don't want to say partners, but we partner on my event as far as the Understandable. merch goes. Understandable. And I know he picked up a ton of shows this year. I told him what the yeah. date was going to be, so I said to keep it open, and he said he would. Good, good. So okay. should have Donnie. Um, like I said, we need to get our boy fucking Jason. Jason Murder. Get up on yeah. this, dude. Hit, yeah, hit, hit me up, Brian, up. dude. Hit him up. Yeah, anybody out there, bands, uh, you know, labels, you know, anybody, tattoo artists, anybody. body tattoo piercers. Artists. Come on. Yeah, let's, let me bring you that know, back. Any we of that are, stuff. We are looking into uh, bringing back tattooing again this year. It's proven to be a little more difficult than I had hoped. Right. Simply because uh, the previous time that I did it, I had somebody that knew how to get a hold of the state, get the licensing and all yeah. that good stuff. Right. Oh, I right. don't know the ins and outs right. of that. I don't think it's too tough to figure out, but it's just one more thing. And yeah. as you guys know, I right. it's do more it work all for myself you, anyway. But yeah, right. if somebody comes in like, I have all the credentials already. Exactly. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to find. I've been through a couple guys that, that's I, I'm not going to put them on blast on here, but they said they'd help out, and then they just ghosted on me. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, so. I'm still trying no. to find somebody to uh, dark horror maybe. and history convent. Yeah, dude. I mean, just find uh, all over Facebook, dark history and horror. I've yeah, we'll link Facebook to it in the episode page. description Thank here, you. so you guys can check it out. And of course, we always talk about this because we're going to be there again. So yeah. uh, it's going to be a good one, October 10th and 11th. October 10th and 11th. Champaign, Illinois, at the uh, I Center. Is that what it's I called? I Hotel. I Hotel yes. on the U of I campus. So that's going to yeah. be fucking awesome. Right I Hotel, too. I Hotel everybody. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right next to the, I call it the Assembly Hall. I don't care that they call it the State Farm Center. <laughs> It'll always be right. Assembly Hall. No, yeah, exactly. right. right. State, no, I get it. I get yeah, it. the Assembly Hall and the, uh, the State This is like right motherfuckers awesome. calling the fucking right Sears Tower, whatever they yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah. Tower, it's a serious tower. It's a serious tower. Like, don't give a shit. That's All right. Well, that's awesome to hear. We'll t- we'll touch on that again in the outro uh, to mention again the Dark History Convention. Sure. Um, the uh, March Mayhem, though, guys, we've got a big <laughs> one here tonight. Got the last match of the contest, and so we have done this. We started with sixteen. And we whittled it down to eight, the hateful eight, and then the fucked up four. And nice. so this week we got the final stuff. match. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's of course it's you, bro. It's CK against Chris. And you guys are playing for our listeners. Uh, CK, who are you playing for, pl- man? I'm playing for Justin. Awesome. Yeah. Lexington, Illinois. And then Chris. I'm playing for Stephanie from Toledo. Nice. So you guys are both playing for contestants that are trying to win the prize. And the big prize is, of course, the co-host spot here on the podcast to come and do a a murder segment with us on Skype or Messenger, but hopefully not through a speaker on a cell phone like we're doing (laughs) right now. Hopefully we figure out why this is doing this. Luckily, like, CK's got his shit recording on his own, so we ain't using this. Yeah, I know. Thank God for that. Yeah, that would have been a real problem, so good good call there. 
Uh, congrats also to Steven from Chicago, who I was playing for, got eliminated last week. But he got some good prizes out of it, and he's been really cool. So congrats to Steven for winning that. And our final match tonight is who, Joey? We got two serial killers going at it tonight. We got Carl Panzerham versus nice. our, our first lady, Eileen Ward. Our, <laughs> our first, first lady. lady. <laughs> hey, yeah, she, our first she said, lady. come Independence Day, she's coming back for us. So I'm right. waiting 2020. Oh, yep. Wow. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about this? I mean, I know we were joking, Brian, you were saying you had some, you know, a take that you thought Eileen was about the. The one that might be able to stand toe to toe with Pandora. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all know Eileen, and I think <laughs> no, everybody knows Eileen. <laughs> I, I, sh- I shouldn't say this, but fuck it, it's this show, right? So right. I could see them in the bar in Florida. Right. I think Eileen could take a punch. No, she's tough, man. I mean, I think I could see her even. Yeah, I could even see her taking a bottle. But over at the same time, in it. at the same time, you got Carl Panzeram. Yeah. yeah, Carl Panzeram is that motherfucker. Tough, just look at you, sodomizing like, fucking fool. Yeah. There, man. Well, that's all I'm saying. Motherfucker, look like. Put your fist in my ass. <laughs> I will put my fist in your face, and I will kill you. Yeah, Pantheram is Pantheram is a fucking monster, dude. And I think Pantheram is strong as an ox. I think everybody dude, said that. Yeah. So, but I, I I don't know what to do with it. I'm giving this a 50 50 yeah, shot for sure. So like, I think between Warnos and Pantheram, 50 50 shot. Joey, got any anything to throw? I'm going to go one? with Eileen just because I think in this situation, I think that he's going to underestimate her. Right. Oh, because Panzram wow. isn't going to know at that time that a woman's going to be that brutal. Like oh, that. that's right. true. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. That's funny. Because we're, we're talking about them in their prime. So Right, right. right. Mullet and all yeah, that shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Eileen just on the basis of uh, pure just, you know, just surprise. Surprise. Yeah. Because back in uh, Panzram's day, like yeah. women were kind of timid Well, oh, and yeah. Panzram probably even looking at her because he don't want to fuck her no he don't want to <laughs> fuck her now, like, i'm with a little boy booty ck maybe that might be the think? wild card maybe he walks away That's, from the fight oh, yeah, yeah, it's not, like, I don't yeah, it's not his thing exactly. yeah. ck what do you think about it man i, I gotta go with panzram you're going with panzram all right I I, I I i think he may underestimate her at first and then he's just gonna unload and that's it well, yeah. Now, nice. Now we've got our listeners <laughs> hanging on the edge of their seats. Chris, can you tell me what the oh, temperature fuck. is right now in Hayworth, Illinois, Hold so up. we can decide? If it's an odd number, it'll be Pan's Ram. If it's an even number, it's Eileen Warnos. Uh... Hey, CK, you win. It says 82 <laughs> degrees. No, if it's 82, then it's, the, it's Warnos. If it's yeah. an odd number, it was Panzram. An even number, you it's Oh, I fucking win. 82. Holy shit. No, that's your percentage. <laughs> no, it can't be 82 degrees oh, outside, percentage. Is that your Fuck. percentage? Jeez. Jeez. Oh, my God. <laughs> either way. Either I'm way. not even thinking 82 degrees. My, my fucking weather is still fucking 42. It's still fucking <laughs> it's even. 42? All right. So well, you win. That is funny, though. 82. I didn't even think about it. I was sitting there. I was like, wait a minute. 82 degrees. Not 42? It's yeah. 42. 42. He's showing his phone to legitimize it. Yeah. Joey's verified it, it, which means, Chris, you win. You oh, beat CK shit. on his fucking birthday. And with you winning, that means Stephanie hey, from Stephanie, Toledo. Told you we had this motherfucker. She wins dude. it. So congrats to Justin for winning second place. And Stephanie, of course, oh, for the grand prize. All we got to do now 
is just have a party. That's right. We're gonna pick out the <laughs> uh, the fun. serial killer. Good. What's that? It was all good. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. That was a really good one because it went on all month and it really it went to the right to the wire there. So that's really awesome. So congrats again to all three contestants. It was a lot of fun. We'll definitely do this again. And thanks again to Michael and Stacy Shawback for coming up with yeah, the original yeah. idea. Motherfuckers. Because it was a good it was a good yeah. D- d- God Michael for fucking bid, we don't mention Michael again. I know, again. Michael got pissed. Oh, I know he fuck, did. Bro. I know he did. He had his fucking disturbed fucking panties in a fucking knot over that shit. You know? <laughs> I was so. going to say, give him a disturbed CD, he'll be fine. <laughs> so, Michael, all right. No, when Michael looked at me, like, it was me and Stacy, motherfucker. I know. Damn, what? hostile about I, it. I, I didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> All right, well, we tore up some mayhem tonight, guys, so I think it's time to hit that fucking outro. Hell I had to play some Megadeth, Chris. That's your Desert Island album you're talking brother about. Brother will kill brother. Killing blood across the land. Killing for religion. Something I don't understand. Wow. That's the, that'll be the next soundbite I use. That's going to replace, I, I need to punch myself in the dick when I hear that. Yeah. Every time I hear that, I'll punch myself in the dick. Awesome to have Brian Ward here with us for the whole episode hey, Brian, and his daughter, you, Cheyenne, no, for putting Cheyenne, up with our yeah. stupidity. Thank you, Thank you guys. Definitely don't miss the Dark History and Horror Convention, October 10th and 11th. In Champaign, Illinois, again, go to the episode description. We'll link to Brian's page. But if you type in Dark History and Horror Convention on Facebook, you'll find them easy enough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And like it, it's follow it, so that this way... Of Brian's tattoos. Yeah, Brian's yeah. got the most Brian's bad got some of the most tattoos. nasty tattoos, dude. Yeah, we went over that in the interview. Yeah. That was so awesome, because yeah. we did the cage it. match yeah. based, based on, on two his of his tattoos, which yeah, was, was funny. Say, you were looking at the Gacy. Yeah, he's got some really cool shit. Some of the best tattoo work I've ever fucking seen, man. Dude. Thank you, gents. Definitely really good stuff. Uh, once again, we mentioned it earlier, PTSD and suicide, nothing to joke about. Our podcast is meant to be entertainment and not serious uh, most of the time. But this is one thing you do need to take seriously. If you're having thoughts about hurting yourself, please reach out to somebody. Uh, we've all lost too many friends this way, so please reach out. If you need some help, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline in the United States is one 800 273 Eight two five five. So tonight the bumper I music. I kind of want to fucking be pissed off because I'm out of booze. Yeah, well, I hope you don't, uh, you know, break shit here. You know, I'm not out of booze either. All right, well that's good. I'm waiting for the McCormicks to come out. It's the outro. Oh, it's been coming oh out. motherfucker! <laughs> been out at least once. Oh, okay. <laughs> bumper music tonight by X Hoarder, Creator, and Megadeth. CK's intro music. Who is that by CK? That is by Crisis. Nice. And Chris, the Murder Metal Mayhem intro. Oh, wait. Michael reminded me. 
One above 11. Yeah, above 12. Oh, wait, That's no, pretty above stupid. 11. Above 11. <laughs> he also said that one exact thing 11. last week. <laughs> oh, Michael reminds Motherfucking low fucking 12. Fuck you. That's right. Spellboundeffectsandart.com is our sponsor. Incredible online catalog of silicone body parts. Hands, feet, heads, fingers, whatever else you desire. Tony has an amazing... Ed Gein inspired stuff, human skin, lamps, aprons, fucking cowboy hats. I mean, all kinds of crazy shit. So go support him at spellboundeffectsandart.com. Thanks to all you guys listening out there. We do really appreciate it. We continue to see numbers rolling in that just blow my mind. I'm uh, just really uh, humbled by you guys and, and your, your interest in the show. So we appreciate it. All right, we got some good listener comments this time around. Chris, you want to read, uh, or Joey, you want to read that first one, dude? Chris is like, no, hold up. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Dexter Rocks 666 There we go. He commented, I got the book you guys did. It's fucking awesome. My mom saw it laying around in my apartment, so it was funny <laughs> explaining it to her. You guys That's know. hilarious right there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Chris, you want to do the next one there, dude? No. No? Yeah. All right, he's going to read the next one here. Uh, Randall? Shit. Randall Myers commented, (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe next month it will be two years since the podcast started. I live in San Jose, California, and I've heard each one since you've done. I always listen on Sunday night when you guys start my work. It's fucking great. Well... I read that weird shit. <laughs> fucking Randall, you're the goddamn motherfucking shit. God damn What it. about you, CK? Are you able to read tonight? Can you read number three for us? Yes, I can. All right. Roxanne Lytle, 79, commented, have you guys covered any Russian metal bands? How about Poker Face? We've played um, Poker oh, yeah, Face yeah. a couple yeah. times. They're fucking yeah. killer, man. I'd have to do some research on some... Um, Russian bands. I'm sure we could do something. Yeah, some that's kind of a cool suggestion. I thought that was good. No, I, I think it's weird that they suggested Poker Face, but we yeah, played Poker Face. We have Face. played them a couple I mean, times. It's not a big band that I've ever listened no, to. No, we played them when we did the uh, Chessboard Killer because they had that song about them. Yeah. Yes. And then, Joey, what about that last one, dude? Last comment comes from London Calls 54. I loved the Black Death episode. A friend told me about you, and since I'm off work, I started checking it out. The Black Death episode was really good. All of them have been great so far. I live in Birmingham, England, home of Black Sabbath. Nice. Oh, fuck fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, London's been in the it's top it, ten that's like our, cities. That's like our third comment from England. Yeah, it? fucking England, just crushing it. That's awesome. Don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com. Listen to all the podcasts and bonus content. Also, go check out the Murder Metal Mayhem YouTube channel if YouTube will ever let me publish the My Corona video that I've done, and they will not let me upload it. Fuck that, but I'm going to keep trying. Follow us on Twitter at Get Your Murder On and like us on Facebook. Join the 666 Club on Patreon.com slash Murder Metal Mayhem. We appreciate that. Don't miss the uh, bonus episode next week, the full interview with Dr. Catherine Ramsland. It's really good. It's about 40 minutes. A lot of fucking serial killer discussion. She is on just about every serial killer doc you've ever watched. Yeah, no, Ram- She is like, on there fucking constantly, and, and, man. It's fucking almost funny, really. Did, 
Now, granted, I was in jail when Pete did the interview, but at the same time, the fact that she actually took the time out of her life yeah. to do the interview with our dumbass podcast. I, I agree, dude. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, dude. she was really so, nice. Yeah. Ever, ever since you did that interview, it's like every I know. crime crime show I watch, every I time. see her and I go, I go to Laura, I go, I'm like, Pete interviewed her. Pete interviewed her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, she could be like, 45 or she could be like fucking 23 yeah like she's, she's been doing them for 20 plus <laughs> years forever, yeah. dude. she's great and she's really nice and she's very smart and and knows a lot about the topic of uh, forensic psychiatry so very very interesting um i had to destroy another karaoke song this week of course this one inspired by zach bowen and his decision to jump out of the fifth floor Might of the well omni hotel jump. So until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And keep your fist kicking up down. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>